1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 Mickey, meki, Mickey!
0: PC PC.
1: You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I have to break it to you i i normally record this show pantsless and rich craig oh my god just it's like, just play along with it it's wrestling
2: man just let yourself go for a minute and we are live on the flagship podcast i am rich he is joe joe how you feeling you feeling better
1: yeah, I'm feeling much better. You sound don't, you sound
2: a lot better. You do not sound like like absolute death like you did uh, last night. So that, that's good. The the power of Coke Z uh, saw itself through. That that's fantastic news.
1: Last night on the live instant reaction to AW Dynamite on our ten dollar tier available now on Patreon.com/slash Voices Wrestling.
2: Good plug. Yes, that is where you sounded terrible. But no, you uh you're doing all right. You, you sound you sound better. You sound better. So what what was the. Uh, what was the trick? Just a, a good night's sleep, six Coke Z's. What? What was it? What'd you What'd you do to turn this thing around here?
1: I don't know. I didn't do shit. Oh,
2: well, maybe that helped too. <laughs> just not doing anything. So.
1: I just went about my day. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, uh, to be
2: fair, your days aren't super exciting anyway, so it's not like you know.
1: Thanks. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, are they? Are they? I mean. I don't know. What do you consider exciting?
2: I guess that's uh, it's in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. So. Yeah,
1: it's all relative, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I, I guess you could have had an exciting day that I could have found boring, or my exciting day, you could have... Yeah, no, that, that okay.
1: Yeah, so, you don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't appreciate that. The important thing here, though, is for the people listening to this uh, podcast on the free feed, uh, I want to make it clear, as I did last night, I did not and do not have the flu. So my streak does, in fact, continue. So just want to make that clear. Have still never had the flu.
2: The flu, yes. Uh, you streak continued. You've been sick, but you've never had it. We, I think we've clarified this in past episodes, because some people yeah. misconstrue what the flu is. But you, you, you're saying you have been sick before in your life, but you've never had the full-on, all-the-way-through, big-time flu. You've never had.
1: Correct. Never been diagnosed with the flu.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, have you have you ever gone to the doctor for any of these ailments?
1: I've, I've been to uh, the doctor. Sure.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Um, I've, I've never been. Listen, I don't. Well, you have went these. to the
2: one that told you you were healthy like an ox or whatever, and you had a supple neck or whatever. So you went to that doctor. So I guess you have been to a yeah.
1: doctor. So. I go to doctors. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What am uh, I, I living in the woods? <laughs> what do you mean? Do you go to doctors? Of course
2: well you're you're, um, a, you're you're a modern man and modern men are too tough to go to the doctor you know the, the, yeah, so
1: well they die when they're forty eight I go to the doctor <laughs>
2: right yeah you fear death too much to not go to the doctor
1: yeah I mean I'm not a hypochondriac or anything but a man needs to go to the doctor now and then rich so yeah I, I go to the doctor i you know they test all the gimmicks and everything but um yeah, I've never had the flu, and I want to stress that this also was not the flu. Listen how great I sound today compared to yesterday.
2: Yeah, and, and, so. and, and still still negative for the COVID, correct?
1: Yeah, I don't even bother testing anymore because, look, like three days in a row with the negative, Three days in a row, 98.6 on the dot, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, she wants me to have the COVID because I march around this house bragging about how I never get the flu and I'm impervious to COVID. And she really wants to stick it to me. She was waiting for me to test positive. She wanted me to test positive for that COVID so bad, just so I'd shut up and stop tooting <laughs> my horn. Because uh, you can only imagine what I'm like around here. <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: can't. I unhinged. I, Joe Lanza. Not yeah. live. Not on the air. Joe Lanza has got to be a, a, a thing for sure. So
1: Yeah. So, no. Absolutely not. No COVID. No flu. I'm impervious. I'm the guy, though, that gets run over by a bus. I mean, we all know that that's how it ends. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, you're like the guy that you know. He, he, you know. Oh, he was so healthy. He ran marathons or whatever, and then yeah, a bus. <laughs> you know, he was finishing yeah. his ninth five k of the year, and then he was run over by a bus, and it's like, oh wow, shit. Like you know, yeah. You're sitting on your couch eating chips, being like, oh man, fuck. Huh? Well, I <laughs>
1: drowned in the tub or something. That's, <laughs> right? that's what it yeah, is. Mean. Um,
2: Relating to our presidential discussion uh, a couple weeks ago when we were badly guessing presidents and how they were related. Uh, thank you to uh, the 37 different listeners who let us know that the Roosevelt's were indeed related. Thank you. Uh, all 37 yes. of you, it was it was all... Because when the 35th person said, I was like, ah, I wish a couple more people would let me know, and then the 37th person came in, and I was like, okay. Got right. it now. Now I got
1: yeah, it. When, when you're in a chat or a Discord or something, And seven other people have already answered. It's a good idea if you answer, too, just in case.
2: (laughs) Just in case I didn't see those, yeah.
1: (laughs) Right, you know, because you got to make sure. So we appreciate the diligence uh, that that, that some of you, uh, you know, the swink has when he's in that chat room to make sure that, um, well, who am I kidding? That guy's always first. He's never ninth. But, uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, him and he-
2: him and Andrew Rich are battling for corrections first or, or clarifications. I should say a lot of them are more clarifications than corrections. But uh, uh, and that tends to be what it is. We don't get a whole lot of corrections. We get a lot of clarifications. It's it's, it's which is weird because like some people get like they're really scared of getting something wrong, uh, and then people are gonna tell you that you know hey you're wrong or whatever. We don't necessarily get that. We we just like. Ask a question And then 77 people answer That question for us All at once yeah. And it's like Alright <laughs> Got it We got it Or, or we're, we're We're a little slow To figure something out and, and by the time We have figured it out The people in the chat room Don't know that we figured it out and then all of a sudden in the chat room, the NoDopes chat room, I just see thousands of messages about, like, ah, it's this. And I'm like, okay, we got it. So sometimes well, you'll see me it, in yeah. caps in the chat room go, like, we got it. It's Joey Janela. Don't tell us. We know. We got it. Like, Yeah. Because they don't just know. They- in, like, a minute, I'm, we're going to get it. But they don't know that. So it's it's
1: there, like, – They're there a few seconds behind. They're, like, 30 seconds behind or something. The, the people listening live, it's not really live. They're, like, 30 seconds behind. So – yeah, that's what happens. They're on a little bit of a delay and then uh, you know, they start answering questions that we've already figured out. Yeah. And Rich it drives Rich crazy. <laughs> it
2: drives me up a wall for some reason. So Yeah, that's you you really did, can't So what the problem with all this segment is we're encouraging it by saying by yeah. sarcastically saying we hate it, uh, now we're encouraging it and and now just everybody's gonna do it. So but yeah, hey, you know, know what? You don't like it, so no dope chat room. It, you, know. you pay your ten dollars, flex your patreon.com, slash voices of wrestling, knock yourself out. You, pay the you 10 bucks, can annoy rich. You can annoy annoy me. Yes, so. Uh we got to yeah. get into the super chats gimmick one of these days. It's big money in that, but um, Do we though? No, we don't. Not actually. We don't have to do that. I, I find do those we? I find those pretty horrific actually, so.
1: Because here's the problem. Then you're obligated to to read it.
2: Right, right. We got to be like, "All right, uh dumbledorf twenty three says, "Lanza, you suck." <laughs> like you know, it's yeah. like, all right. Thank you, Dumbledore twenty three, for the super chat. Then we have like ding, ding, ding. You know, we have like dumb yeah. <laughs> bells and shit that go off. Like. Yeah. Then Uh-oh. We have <laughs> Another <laughs> super chat. It's one's from Fuckface eighteen. All right. What do you got to say, Fuckface eighteen?
1: Yeah. Fuckface yeah.
2: eighteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We gotta read those dope. We gotta display it on the video and stuff. Yeah, no. Gotta
1: read whatever dumb question Joker Da Silva has for us.
2: (laughs) Who are your top five favorite New Japan wrestlers? You know,
1: right? And 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 book the the next eight
2: months of the AEW World Title.
1: (laughs) No, I don't want to. But because the dope paid fifty bucks, (laughs) right? I mean, I mean, I will take your money, Joker. There's a financial obligation tied to that now, so it's like. I don't know. I, I you know. Uh for now there's food on the table.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. We might get there. We're never say never, but uh, for now, yeah, we're, we're we'll, we'll we'll go super chatless uh for now. But uh anyway, all right. Let's uh, we got a lot to get to uh today on this show. This might be an abbreviated show. We're going to see where Joe's voice goes and <laughs> I know. I know. I say that and it's going to be an overrun. I know. You know, We're gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna laugh. earnestly try to make you, this a shorter show, but we'll see. First what
1: of all, I told Rich I don't need it to be a shorter show because I, I come to work. Number two, he's telling me off the air. Oh, I think we'll probably go about 90 minutes tonight, and I'm like, "Who are you kidding?" <laughs> I said two. To be fair, I said two hours. When does that ever happen that never, way? Especially Not, we, we a did a, <laughs>
2: we did an instant reaction live for a two-hour show that went an hour and 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. Like, who are you kidding right now? You're like, oh, we don't have much. I'm like, look at the run sheet. That's a typical run sheet. Number one.
2: Uh, I mean the NWA part. We could probably get done pretty quick. But uh, then again, there's 23 matches, so maybe, maybe not. So yeah. Hold there's... on a
1: second. I didn't binge watch season <laughs> nine of Power. <laughs> Nobody told you to do that. To rush through a segment. Well,
2: I have. You know, that's good because I have questions, Joe, and I hope that you can answer many of those questions, including who or what is Sal the Pal. So uh, those, those, and all those questions and more are answered. Very shortly here as we preview the gigantic NWA 74th anniversary weekend, which is coming up here. 23 matches, uh, 13 matches on night one, 10 matches on night two. A fully loaded weekend for the National Wrestling Alliance. So We are going to cover that a little bit later, preview that. Uh, Stardom New Japan, the ex- historic crossover show coming up November twentieth. So We'll talk a little about uh, a little bit about that as we have some uh, matches announced, and of course we'll know uh, about the IWGB Women's Champion that will be crowned uh, at that event. So we'll cover that as well. Uh, RevPro ten year anniversary. They did two shows this weekend, uh, August twentieth, August twenty first. Uh, we watched both of them, so we'll talk about those shows, review them. Uh, two more will o- like high profile Will Osprey matches. We'll see. Uh, how that was, and yeah, some other stuff about RevPro, uh, including I think then we'll we'll do a nice little segment. I think at that time about uh, I think Will Osprey's quote at the end talking about you know the recently released guys and uh, the recently released NXT UK guys and his sort of stuff and where RevPro stands in, in the marketplace and stuff. So there's some fun stuff to talk about there in the in the British scene uh, going on. But obviously the the big news uh, is going to be the AEW Dynamite fallout from last night. Uh, an insane, newsworthy show. We reviewed it in detail last night on Instant Reaction Live. Uh, again, flags your Patreon.com for those of you that want to listen to a $10 tier. You can listen to uh, the audio recap or uh, re-watch the video uh, that we did. Not, It's not our faces. It's just us doing audio as well, but it is on YouTube uh, for that. But uh, that is that was last night. Great uh, reviews for that. A lot of traffic for that. One of our best Instant Reactions uh, we've ever done. Uh, so a lot of people listened in. A lot of people checked that one out. And uh, we had some... Uh, exclusive news and scoops that came about during that instant reaction. I'm going to start with those uh, right away because we talked about the dust-up between Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara, uh, as well as some issues with Thunder Rosa. And as per usual, it was, oh, what are these guys? They're always wrong. They never know anything. And then little by little, little by little, little by little, everybody else in the world started catching up to what we had. And now I think both those things that we were kind of the first to talk about and the first to kind of you know really, really – report are, are now everywhere and now it's pretty much well known that Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara had a dust-up uh the the specifics of that dust-up we'll talk about here in a bit and then the Thunder Rosa thing you know we're still kind of figuring that out as well but the the basis of Thunder Rosa you know it's <laughs> not getting along with a lot of the other women in the roster and you know this injury is legit but you know what levels of legit it's going to be regardless uh Rosa not getting along with uh, her fellow uh uh, roster members so we had that and, and now that is kind of making the rounds as well as people uh, have been able to uh, confirm that on their end uh, as well but Joe, uh, what? Uh, let's start with the Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara stuff that we talked about uh, anything new that you heard on your end or do you want to kind of catch people up to what uh, this was all about and what we reported last night because now it's all over the place, everybody knows about it
1: I've heard nothing new on any of the stuff that I talked about last night Okay, the stuff I talked about last night was that- Everything I've known, you've known for days because I told you days earlier all the things that I talked about last night on the audio. So this is stuff that I've known for a while. Um, These are also things that I had known even prior to when I told you because these are just... You know, sometimes you get past the along things or stories or whatever, and you just—you know—it's like we talk about. You hear all the so time. much
2: shit. You get so much. You hear shit so much. Yeah, yeah you got to—you got to sift through what's what's real, what's fake, what's worth reporting, what you can confirm, what people think, and people think it's like you know in, in this in this business show like you just anything that comes we're like ah, oh, yeah here's this thing that we heard here's no <laughs> we we what what we tell you on the air is 90 you know five percent of the what we what we get i mean 95 percent of it is just junk or it's like i don't i can't really report that or you know are you sure or just people passing stuff along or hearsay or whatever like there's so so much stuff that, nah, that i
1: think listen i, I you know we talked to a lot of people in and around wrestling and like you said you know Maybe five percent of it makes the air, or or goes in you know a written news update or something. And it's not that it's because I you know we don't necessarily believe that the other ninety five percent is true. It's just some shit isn't reportable. It's not the right thing to do to just you know someone drops in a DM box or sends a text message with some hey did you hear about blank? That's a rumor. You you can't go reporting that because as you saw last night. As soon as we started talking about things on our on our review show, it was on Reddit before our show was even over. Within five minutes, it's already making news. You know, before our show's even over, the other news sites are now working to confirm what we're saying, whether it's, you know, Dave Meltzer, who came out with the Eddie Kingston report literally while we were still on the air confirming what, you know, the basis of our story or Sean Ross Sapp saying, all right, I'm going to follow up on this stuff that Voice of Wrestling has to say. And, you know, those wheels are immediately in motion as soon as we say it. So if we just came on the air all loose and, and just fired off all the things that we hear on a weekly basis, I mean, forget it. We'd have no credibility, first of all, because half the things we hear are, are just hearsay and rumors. And, uh, you know, it's just not the right thing to do. You know, these, these are people's careers and people's livelihoods. So if I hear something... And then I ask around and I get two or three other people to, to back it up and confirm it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that definitely happened. And especially if I can get firsthand accounts or, you know, people close to the situations, then that's when I feel confident enough to come on the air like I did last night and, uh, and, and talk about them or write up news updates behind the paywall or, or anything else. And it, it, it's just always so silly when I know wrestling fans' first instinct is to just think everything is bullshit or think everything's a work or, or whatever the case. And, you know, you can't help or control that. It just is what it is. That's how fans are. But, um, yeah. So the, those two stories, the Thunder Rosa, Jamie hater heat and the Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker heat for people who weren't aware of that. I guess I take for granted that I thought everybody was aware of that, but they, I guess they weren't. And then the, the Sammy Eddie thing. I mean, those were things that I had been told, you know, going back uh, weeks and in some cases and with the Baker, uh, the De Rosa thing going back in years. I mean, from their, you know, they, they haven't liked each other for a long, long time, but um, you know, then you, you get it confirmed and then you feel comfortable putting it out there. And then, you know, last night in particular, and even last week too, with the, uh, with the punk hangman, you know, closed door meeting and all of that, it was the same thing. You know, I felt confident enough to put it out there. And then, you know, the other major outlets all quickly did their own homework and, and, confirmed it and backed it up on their ends. And that's the same thing that happened last night. So um yeah, so I mean I, I don't have anything new, but some of the other outlets uh do have some new information. I know a couple different outlets got direct quotes from Eddie Kingston's basically admitting that, you know, I did <laughs> yeah. something that I was in fact suspended, which we broke last night and um I did fuck up and do something I'm paraphrasing. But he basically said he did something stupid and he deserves it. And you know when the details come out, he was said, I'll let people judge the way they're going to judge. Yeah, so this is
2: exactly, um, exactly the quote. This is PW Insider had this from Eddie directly, a quote from Eddie that says, You know, the truth, I wouldn't lie, I was wrong for being unprofessional. That is the blind fact. He did what he did, and the public can judge that, but I know for a fact I was wrong.
1: Yeah, so there you go. There, so he, we got who that came from PW Insider. That's
2: PW Mike, Insider. Yes,
1: so he got a quote from Mike Johnson, and then Guvera. Yes, gave a quote to Fightful, <laughs> and I, you know, I like what Guvera did here because not only did he give a long, detailed quote to Fightful, he demanded that it that uh, what, what's the exact verbiage? Didn't, uh, I,
2: didn't, I, so the the one that I'm seeing took it. Uh, let me see if I can find what it was. But he was like he wanted to quote it exactly like this, yes. you know, exactly in his name, exactly like this. I forget exactly he, what what the what the terminology was. So I'm trying he to gave find the it.
1: quote. He gave the quote to Fightful, and he requested. That it that it that it read as is with no changes or edit and he put his name on it and you know what I respect that you know none of this I'll discuss this uh you know off the record I'll discuss this but you can't put my name on it because that's pro wrestling is such a closed society and that's a big problem and I and I, I like the way Kingston and Guvera handled this yeah, today mm-hmm. they just put quotes out put their names on them Okay, why can't we all be adults in this business and and speak to the media like adults and put our names on it? You know, and I know it's not always the wrestler's fault because the people running things like it to be a closed society – and they learned from their trainers, and, they, you know, and it's just wrestling has always been this way. Well, I mean, it's quite
2: lit- quite literally the day before these guys released this thing, they had a closed-door meeting where they said, hey, stop talking to the Sheets, <laughs> you know, essentially. You the know. same day. Yeah, uh, the same day. Yeah, that day, <laughs> hours before, they had a meeting with everybody involved that said, don't talk to these people. You know what I mean? Talk I, to me. Don't talk now, to these to people.
1: Fa- now, to be fair, I didn't see any reports that the meeting – Got into that sort of stuff, but we all know that all yeah, the back in mean, turmoil is a big reason why they called the meeting. So I, I um, forget the exact quotes, because- but
2: I think Jericho flat out said, "You know, my door is always open. Talk to me if you need." Like there, I, there were yeah, weird yeah. paraphrase articles out there. I don't, I don't know the exact verbiage was. Don't talk to Sean Rossap or whatever, but it seemed to be, "Hey, our doors are always open." So instead of you know doing stuff through you know different channels, just you know. Talk to us, you know. Talk to me. Talk to Kenny. Kenny. Talk to the Bucks. Talk to Jericho. Talk to whoever, and we'll we'll be able to, you know. Uh, and, and and Punk kind of said the same thing too. You know, he he didn't say it as a part of the meeting, but he kind of just said, "I wish you know more people would just you know not talk to these people." And so, I right. regardless, the timing of it was 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 pretty. But here's the here's the uh, Guevara uh, statement, and the exact verbiage that he used was: Guevara requested to be quoted directly on the matter. So this is him just saying. Yeah. Here's what I'm writing, post this. You know Well uh, he's
1: protecting himself too yeah. because he wants his thoughts out there the way he wants them conveyed. Yep. For better or worse. And
2: well, worse might be the case here because it's a quote Eddie did not mention to me or the coaches or Tony Connor, anybody in ADW What he didn't want said. I cut a promo on Eddie, insulting Eddie and the fans as a heel. I see what people say online about Eddie and his appearance, uh, which anybody who legitimately shames Eddie for how he looks can go to hell. It's the same people who shame me for being too small. But Eddie did not do the professional thing and communicate to me. If he did, I never would have said it because the last thing I want to do is hurt someone for real. So after the promo, I get to the back and Eddie is flipping out yelling, you can't call me fat. Over and over, as I'm trying to walk down the stairs and gorilla, making a big scene. I know this isn't Eddie's first time being aggressive and getting out of control backstage. I know he had to do some kind of anger management after this whole thing. So he quoted it. But I, uh, Eddie's was, you know, hey, man, I, I did wrong. You know, my fault. I shouldn't have done it. You know, it, we'll, we'll get over it. Uh, whatever. But uh, uh, Eddie,
1: yeah.
2: This, the last thing know. he said was, uh, this whole thing was very unnecessary, but it is what it is. L- live and learn, I guess. On to the next we go.
1: Wait, who was that? Sammy, that was
2: Sammy right? still. Sorry. I, I forgot the to the, the last okay. part of
1: Sammy's. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Guvera's account was more detailed. Um, and I know that there was also a report that Kingston wasn't necessarily upset that Guevera called him fat from a body shaming perspective. He was more upset from the pers- from a wrestling perspective. A worker, of,
2: yeah, a worker perspective. The, the Terry it's, Funk style that you know, hey, if you're just cool. a, if you're just a geek, then I'm beating a geek. You know, you got to be something. You got to be a big deal. Him saying, well, if you beat me and I'm just a fat piece of shit or whatever, then you just beat a fat piece of shit that does nothing good for any of us.
1: Right. So I saw a report in that direction. I know that was a big Terry Funk thing. I think Bulldog Bob Brown told Jericho that. So I think Jericho tells a story where he where Jericho cut some, you know insulting promo on a baby face and I think it was Bulldog Bob Brown if I'm not mistaken who also told Jericho something similar to what you know that that funk anecdote where it's like well congratulations now you know now no matter what happens in this match you either beat a loser or got beat by a loser you know you shouldn't talk like that way to your but the point here is that's the perspective that I saw one report that Kingston was coming from as opposed to his feelings are hurt because he called him fat So, I don't know. Okay. Um, It's, I'm not taking sides here. I know most people are siding with Kingston because he's the more likable guy. We all know Sammy has had his issues with immaturity and he's had maturity issues throughout his career. Listeners to this show know because we've been talking about Sammy Guevara since he was 18 years old. Yeah. Okay. And the issues that he had on the independence in Texas and uh, saying and doing stupid things and getting, you know, he got blackballed from, independent wrestling in Texas for a year at one point early in his career for you know uh, for maturity issues and now he's like almost 30 years old and um, there's still issues there so it's it's easy to take Eddie's side you know based on how Gouvero lays it out I don't see a, a lot of major issues there now there's some passive aggressive sniping to be sure these two men aren't going to be breaking bread I don't think and hanging out and going out to dinner and, and having beers um but the bottom line is you can't put your hands on somebody. I mean that's you know you, you can't a guy comes through the curtain you can't go putting your hands in his face. I mean you can't do that, and um you know it seems as though that's why Kingston was suspended um you know is sammy does Sammy have a rep of being a you know a little shit yeah, he does I mean it'd be disingenuous to say otherwise so does your rep and do what maybe other past incidences or just these two guys not really being huge fans of each other play into what happened here? Probably, probably. So, um, I was just pleased and surprised that these guys put out quotes and put their names on them. I I think that's a huge step in the right direction. There's not enough of that in pro wrestling. Um, you know, we'll see if it changes a little with the other company with a different guy in charge. Probably not. I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Look, it's pro wrestling, and these kind of things happen. And you know, it came out later that the uh, the fat fuck comment or fat sh- or, or fat or piece fat of shit, piece of shit used yeah was actually in a promo that ended up not airing. It wasn't a face to face thing, and we didn't report the fat piece of shit part. That didn't come from us. I had heard that, but I I didn't feel that was reportable because. I didn't hear it from anybody in the locker room and um, I didn't feel it would have been, but that came out after we talked about it and then it came out and then a video surfaced of the promo where Sammy said it, that ultimately ended up not airing. So I wasn't even aware that it was in a promo. I was just told, you know, two weeks ago or whatever, a week and a half ago that he called him a fat piece of shit, but that part I wasn't willing to, to put out there. Um, if I would have known it had been in a promo, I would have been far more comfortable putting that piece out there. But it all came out anyway. So I don't know. I mean, look th- again. This is pro wrestling. If you think everybody gets along in, a- in any pro wrestling promotion, whether it's this AEW, WWE, New Japan, um, anywhere, you know, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, there's there's you know, people. Just it's like any other workplace, but worse. Because there's physicality involved, and people cutting promos on each other, and jealousy over spots, and, you know, as bad as you think it is at your place of work, it's turned up to 11 <laughs> yes. in any wrestling locker And it's off. also,
2: you know, no offense to wrestler, but, like, you have to be a little crazy to be into this industry. I mean, talk to anybody who trained to be a wrestler, talk to anybody who is a wrestler, there's just a certain level of, you just have to... This has to be your life. Like, pro wrestling has to be all that you care about, and that has to be your life. You have to abandon pretty much all aspects of life. To get it to to get to this level in the industry, eventually you can you know maybe you know lead a better life, but yeah, you got to hit the road. You got to be in cars. You you have to be obsessed with this thing. You have to be obsessed with being a pro wrestler to be a pro wrestler. So you're getting people that this is th- this is all they care about. This is their life's work. This is it. This is everything. So yeah, they care a lot more. I guarantee you. You know, a lot of people listen to this. Whatever job you're at, yeah, it's not your life's work. You know what I mean? The job I go to, eh, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay, but it's not like I didn't sacrifice everything that I had to to make it in my current job. No, I get that job because it's my job, and then you know I, I do this thing, which is a lot of fun, and I have a hobby or whatever. But yeah, it, it's it's it, it it there. It's a completely different workplace than any other workplace ever. You know, it, it's it's nuts, and it's it's more it, it's you know it's a, a sports team locker room ramped up to like a thousand because it's also a business based on professional lying. So, you know, it's not perform it's not only performance based. You know, it's not only well that guy's better than that guy or that you know, it's so much other politics, it's so much other things that yeah, this stuff is rampant in it. It's rampant in, in pro wrestling locker rooms.
1: Yeah, so the the Jamie Hayter Thunder Rosa stuff, I mean Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have just been you know, they just hate each other's guts and have for a long time. And, um, you know, and that has that, that heat sort of has extended to Jamie Hader, both with some reckless work in the ring. And then there was a rematch a singles rematch between Hader and Thunder Rosa, where she broke Jamie Hader's nose. And then, um, you know, Rosa was terrified because, you know, word had gotten her that Hader wanted a piece of her and, and she's, Spent the rest of a television taping hiding. Now I I talked to another pro wrestling reporter today, uh, another uh, a pro wrestling journalist today who was working on a Thunder Rosa story just to you know swap notes, and we kind of swapped our sources on that one, and they're completely different sources, you know, just for whatever that's worth. Even though, you know, the basis of what we had to say last night was confirmed you know, by multiple other news sources, I, I could also tell you today that I swapped sources with someone today and they were completely different sources because, you know, one source was an office person. One source was, you know, a lot of a wrestler. So it's, you know, we're not talking. The, the point here is it's not circular information. It's not I'm all. The, it's not the same person. one
2: person that's talking to everybody. It's, right. It's, there's a few people involved here.
1: So, you know, it, it, it you know, she, so she thought, Thunder Rosa was scared that Jamie Hader was gonna was gonna come for her, so that was the other thing that we talked about last night. And um it was very the segment last night where she, where Rosa, uh, it, it, what's the right verbiage? Like she didn't vacate the title. Yeah, I was they these stupid interim.
2: Titles. I was wrestling with that so, too. I I wrote like I've started just saying quote vacated like in quotes because I don't know what to say. Like I, I if you don't. I, I said not defending her time. Like I don't know how to write that. I, I I that's why I put vacated the one time, and I'm still kind of figuring out how the best way to write it. Like I I'm not gonna be the champion anymore, so I'm gonna go away for a little bit. But I'm still the champion. I, I don't know. It's it's really weird. I mean, like, it
1: doesn't matter. I mean, be, but the problem is, if we say vacated, we're gonna have people go. Well, she didn't
2: vacate. Yeah, the title she did. First. She's still the champion. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so. It's because this company with these dopey interim titles. Yeah, if you can figure out a way
2: for us to write it, I would like that. Um, I would like to figure that out. That would be nice. But
1: but that promo was weird. I mean, she's crying. Is she is she putting on a performance? Is she legitimately emotional? Is she hurt? Sean Ross Rossap says she's hurt. Okay, let's take that report at, at at the value. It's you know, when is Sean wrong? I mean, all right, sure, all right, she's hurt. Um, but. Has she been hurt all along? I mean, she's been hurt. All, there, there, there's been times where, you know, this whole during this whole title reign, she's been quote-unquote well, hurt, is, but now yeah, this all of a sudden... This,
2: this was in February and March we heard about this. The same injury. This, You know, or I don't know if they I, I I've seen different well, I stuff on this. Yeah, is. I don't know if it's the same injury. I've seen some people say, oh, this is the same thing, but I don't know if that's actually been truthfully reported by people or whatever, but she's had issues with her back for a long time, since February or March, where she was missing shows here and there, uh, missing different dates, doing different things like that. I know... Um, and, and again, like, you, you know, you start looking back at some history and you go, oh, okay, there's, there's some points over time that have been a little weird that, uh, you know, how much was injury and how much were other things? Because I know personally from living in Chicago that she was the Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion and she dropped that title without losing a match. She couldn't defend it for whatever reason. And she was there at the show, she did commentary, and then another match was... Announced, And that the winner of that match was the champion. So it's like, you know, that that was another case where she didn't practically lose the title. But was that injury related? Was that just AEW saying, hey, we don't want you to lose? I, I don't know exactly what that was, but there's been a lot of there's been weirdness like let's let's clearly there's been weirdness going on with with, with Thunder in AEW and. With other women in the roster, there's been weird things. You can go because then after this report started coming out, and there was a lot of people saying, "No, it can't be true. There's no way." Then people started going back and watching old Britt Baker promos and old, you know, Jamie Hader promos and old things, and and there was a lot of stuff that was kind of weird. I mean, it was if you didn't think that those people despised or hated each other, uh, there was enough evidence that could kind of come out, or enough could be, you know. You could watch one of these promos and go, okay, something's weird here. Every time that her name is mentioned, there's a weird face being made. Jamie Hayter's pointing to her fist at one point, which, again, they're wrestlers. That could be a thing. But, like, you know, there was so many weird things that it was like, yeah, well, there, there was so much smoke, and then it seemed like there was some fire there. So I still don't know. I, I yeah, Maybe it's a real injury. Maybe it's not. I have no reason to believe that Sean would be lying about that. I've seen a few other people say that it's a legit injury. Okay, that's fine. You know what – I don't know if it flared up or you know, she just decided, okay, I've been working with this injury for so long and now I need to take some time off. I have no idea. No clue. But without question, last night was weird as fuck. It was weird as hell. Oh. And we talked about it, too, that Britt Baker felt like a new woman on that show. She felt like somebody who, whether it was just knowing that she's on the path towards the AEW title again or whatever it was, there, there definitely felt to be Thunder Rose having a weird segment. And then followed by Britt Baker having a, a segment where she felt like she definitely, <laughs> a lot of confidence from Britt Baker in that segment. She she felt like Britt Baker for the first time in a very, very long amount of time. So
1: I don't know what that means.
2: I don't know if you can put those it, two and two together, but that's what a, I'm doing.
1: It could be a number of things. It could be the injury has gotten untenable for her and she can't work on the injury anymore. It could be she just needs a mental break with everything that's going on and all of the tension And, you know, the cave babe reason is the legitimate injury, so to speak. It could be the there could be something going on behind the scenes. And maybe Tony Khan just wanted to get her out of the locker room for a while. It could be that, you know, there's a lot of suspensions that people don't hear about, which last night was just proven again. When when we broke the Kingston thing, maybe she's suspended. And this is the way that it could be a number of things. I don't know what it is but it was weird and it came out of left field and it was a change to the all out card. So something happened. We just don't know what it is yet. And uh, I don't think any other outlet has reported, you know, what the true story is or what the real story is behind that Be- beyond. Yes, she's legitimately hurt, but we all knew that already. So I don't know. Who knows? But, um, you know, I have to question if, if you know that these people all have massive heat with each other, maybe not stop booking them against one another. I mean, I understand (laughs) There
2: seems to be this weird, this company seems to really like the, the, hey, let's, you know, put real tension into these, you know, story but it usually doesn't go well. So maybe don't do that anymore. It doesn't.
1: Yeah, I get that Britt and and Thunder Rosa have had many matches and they they don't like each other, but they're pros in the ring. Um, But I think you're just asking for trouble. I mean, they've been feuding for like two years with the knowledge that they don't like each other. Now you got Thunder Rosa in there mixing it up with Jamie Hader, And now Hayter doesn't like her either because she felt like she worked too stiff and then, and then injured her in a second. Maybe put these people in different programs at this <laughs> point. Like, But maybe that's kind of – I mean, look, she was going to face Tony – Thunder Rosa was going to face Tony Storm at the pay-per-view to be fair. And I think I saw a report from Fightful that Tony Storm was going to win the title in that match. It was the original plan. Right. So, to be fair, maybe Khan did finally. Like, you know, Tony Storm beats Thunder Rosa. You get Thunder Rosa out of here. And then you put Tony Storm in a program with with uh, with Baker and Hayter if you want. Right? I mean, um, so I don't know. I don't know what the follow-up to, to Tony Storm beating Thunder Rosa would have been. There's a lot of instances in AEW where a champion loses and they hit the bricks for a while. I mean, that seems to be a lot of Tony Khan's booking patterns. Uh, we've seen that before. In some cases, it's because of injury, but in some cases, it's just because that's, you know, the champion just, you, the former champion you just don't see him for a while after they lose. But I don't know. But um, yeah, anyway, that's the uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, Brit Baker, Jamie Hader stuff from last night. again, I don't really have anything to add that I didn't say last night, which everyone could listen to on the ten dollar tier if they're so inclined. Uh, it was also just a great review, anyway. I mean, I had people telling me today that that was the best instant reaction review we've ever done. You know, um, you know, even independent of the uh, of of the news that we broke, so. Um, and it's the only place, Like, I didn't do a dynamite. I didn't do a Thursday dynamite review this week because you know I we reviewed it last night. So, if you want to hear me and Rich review dynamite, that's the only place you can hear it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't have anything to add. I know the other outlets have taken it from here. Um, you know, uh, so you know, we're, we're you know, we're not technically a news site. I mean, you know, we break some news now and then, but um, yeah, you know, I'm more than happy to break the seal on stuff, and then you know. These other outlets are going to follow up and add to it. I think that's great. I think that's great when outlets, because everyone's going to have different sources too. So, you know, Dave's Eddie Kingston story was a little different than mine, and a little different than Sean's, which was a little different than ours, yeah. which was a little different than Mike Johnson's, because everyone talks to different people and you get different perspectives. And I think that's well, people good ask and different
2: questions too, and that, that's another thing too. You know, yeah. guys might be forthright and open and ready to talk, but maybe you don't ask the right question. You don't phrase it the right way. And if you say the right question in the right way to the right person at the right time, you get you know better information than you might have gotten if you gave them a bad question or you caught him on the wrong time or they didn't want to talk or whatever. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that go into this. But yeah, it was fun. It felt like you know we, we rag on the wrestling media a lot, but I thought the last 24 hours is a really I, more... More good than bad over the last 24 hours. A lot of people yeah, just kind of you know saying like, hey, this is like interesting. A, let's get down to the bottom of this instead of saying, you know, oh, well, I, you know, oh, K5, brother. No you know, egos. I'm not going to talk. Yeah, there was yeah. it was just like, all right, let's well, no, it. No.
1: There was no egos. It wasn't like and I'm just using him as my example. It wasn't like Sean Ross Sapp was like, oh, well, I didn't get this story first, so I'm just going to. I'm going to just debunk it. Right. I'm going to
2: ignore or debunk it because I didn't start. No, there's people being like, all right, well, let me find out what I can find out. And then people found out new stuff. That's cool.
1: Exactly. As the night developed, he said, all right, I'm going to look into this uh, Kingston Sammy rumor. He termed it at first. But then when he confirmed it, he reported his news. And I think that shit's healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think that's good. What last night felt like was like an MLB trade deadline or
2: something,
1: (laughs) right? Where like John Heyman has the basis of a trade and then – Ken Rosenthal hops in with the details and then someone else hops in, you know, and it's like there were no egos among any of the, you know, we broke the seal on a couple of stories and then Meltzer, Johnson and SAP saw that we did that and then they dug deep and they added more details and who wins? The fans win because they got a bigger, fuller picture than they would have gotten just from what we had to say. If everybody else's egos got in the way and said, oh, well, it's not my story, so I'm going to no-sell it. Or I'm going to do my best to debunk it. No one went out of their way to debunk anything. They went out of their way to get better at details.
2: Right, and and, and then the wrestlers themselves, instead of, you know, Sean or Dave having to say, sources tell us that Sammy did this right. promo and that other sources tell us that Eddie got upset. Instead, it was just like, hey, here's what Eddie said about this situation, here's what Sammy said about the situation, which is awesome. Like, we... It was it was a banner twenty four hours or twelve hours hell at this point <laughs> pretty much yeah and then, like uh, I
1: said I, then I had a fi- then I had a fifth journalist talking to me today Just yeah, cross checking notes this is good stuff yeah. just hey hey what do you got like it, it basically his thing was I want to make sure we're not talking to the same people because then this is stupid is basically what the gist of the conversation was because then I don't have anything you didn't have and and you know and that's man that's that's so healthy and so good so. um you know, and, and so anyway, uh, I, I don't have any. I, I don't have any follow-ups. You know, I can come on here and bullshit some follow-ups if you want. I don't have any follow-ups on those two. stuff. I don't have anything. But now it's all out there, and um, you know what? What? Pe- and here's here's another good point too. Not just like your point where it's like people ask different questions or approach it different ways. Rich, you and I can get the same exact answer from the same exact person, and your what you think is the key takeaway from their answer might be different than what I think is the key takeaway yes, from their answer. Yes, There's that factor too, that people don't consider. Like I might pick up on something in the exact same response that someone gives that is different than what you pick up on and what you think is the key thing. And, you know, again, that, a, a, besides the fact that everyone talks to different people and they get different perspectives. So you're always going to get different versions of the same story. Right. But, um, You know, so uh, it's like you think back when you were in high school and, you know, there's a fight in the cafeteria and you talk to a half a dozen different people that were there and you get a half a dozen different stories. Two people said one guy won the fight. The other four say the other guy You can't (laughs) even you, you don't even get the same story as to who won the fight in those scenarios, let alone the details of the fight. Right. And it's like that's what you have to remember, too, with a lot of these wrestling stories. It's like. You know, everyone's talking to someone different. The versions are always going to be a little bit uh, distinctive from one another, based on who the sources are and who people are talking to and who's doing the talking. And you know, you know, Sammy and just to use the story as an example, I'm not saying this was the case, but with Sammy and Eddie, if I talk to somebody who's tight with Eddie and someone else talks to somebody who's, who's tight and someone else talks to Ty Conti, what kind of different, you know, the versions are going to be drastically different of, of, of what you get too. So you also have to consider, okay, who's my source here? What's their background? Who do they roll with? And you know, that's hard to parse out too when you're deciding what to say and how to say it and, and, and what information to share with people. So, um, you know, it's a lot harder than people think. Um, You know, it's, and it's a lot deeper than just tossing every unconfirmed rumor that we ever hear out there for, for people to chew on, which would be completely irresponsible. And I'm not even a fucking, we're not even journalists. And we think that's completely irresponsible. No one's holding us to a journalistic standard, you and I. We're two dopes who come on here and, you know. This is
2: right. (laughs) Absolutely right on
1: that one. But, but but there's still a, a responsibility there. And, and, you know, so anyway, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. So that was the, uh, we got to talk about this rating from last yes. night.
2: yeah. Let, let me uh, so. let me get this from from Uh AEW Dynamite last night on TBS was watched by one million one point oh four million viewers on average, including four hundred forty four thousand aged eighteen to forty nine for a point three four. Uh, 18 to 49 rating. This was Dynamite's highest 18 to 49 viewership since July 6th and its highest total viewership since February 9th, 2022. Uh, compared to last week, Dynamite was up 10% in total viewership and among viewers, 18 to 49 viewership was up 15%. Dynamite ranked number one in 18 to 49 among cable originals for the day, uh, including broadcast primetime. It ranked number six. So. Uh, what do you make of that number? That's right about where we said I think we said they were they would be really happy with .34 or .35. They got .34. I think they're probably still pretty happy. We were saying that, you know, .4, .5 that was insane. That's, you know, 30% growth. You know, yeah, that was been... not going to happen. I mean, that would have been very good. Everybody would be popping a lot of oh, champagne yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh in that place if that was the case. But they ended up having what I thought. That's a pretty Good rating? Did I think it maybe was going to do a little bit better? Yeah, maybe, but I think those are encouraging numbers, I'd say.
1: So last night I predicted a .35, like you said, and I based that on 17% growth on the prior week where they did the .3 because what I did was I looked at the past big-time title matches that they did on TV, whether it was the first Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson or whether it was Jericho Mox from a few weeks ago or uh, even the CM Punk MJF match that they did on TV or, you know, so I looked at big pay-per-view main event quality matches that they've done on TV and they've really done a number of them. They did two Brian Danielson uh, Hangman Page matches on free TV. Um, and, you know, this idea that the show is just going to jump from a point three to a point four simply wasn't realistic. They weren't going to do a 25, uh, you know, percent uh, Increased it because there's no there was no precedent for that okay so i figured a 17 increase when they had never even done a 20 percent increase based on a match okay was aggressive so that's why my prediction was if they do 0.35 they're going to be fucking thrilled that's going to be an incredible number because it's going to represent one of the biggest uh growths from a percentage basis that you know uh that doing a big time match on television uh, will have given them in their history. Okay. So they did the 0.34 and they did over a million viewers. So uh, they did 15% increase uh, over last week in the demo. They won the demo 0.34 to 0.22. So they crushed everything else on cable and they did their highest total viewership since February. So anybody who tells you that this number wasn't a massive success, simply doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay. If you would have told the room before the number came out that you're going to do your highest total viewership since February, you're going to have 15% growth week over uh, week over week. And, um, and you're going to win the night on cable 0.34 to 0.22. They all would have signed up immediately. The match delivered. It was a hot match. And, uh, and, and the rating confirmed that our talk rich bef- last week was, uh, we'll see how hot this match really is. It feels hot, but the numbers don't lie. Well, the numbers came in and the match absolutely delivered. Um, so
2: I, I thought this now, was kind of interesting as well. I don't know if you saw this, but AEW released a video of the full match on their YouTube channel. Did you see this?
1: Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. So
2: the full match is up there. If you want to see it, it's, it's an yeah. eight minute video. Uh, as of right now, 1.3 million views <laughs> from uh, uh, from the video last night. So that's an interesting strategy too. That they just released the whole video. They thought it was worthy enough uh, to put up the entire the entire match. So every second of it's there, and that's you know 1.3 million uh, after f- fuck less than 24 hours. Pretty good, I think. Let me see where that is. Uh, compared to their most popular videos, so they've got some. I mean, they have like 43 million views on some videos. They, it's gonna, it's getting there. It's, it's climbing up the ladder. It looks like it's in the top 50 at least of AEW videos all time. So uh, we'll see. But that's pretty interesting after just a couple, uh, uh, you know, just a couple of hours or you know, 12 hours or whatever. Uh, as far as other full matches they put on or full segments on Dynamite, I don't recall a lot that have gone on there like full full matches. So uh, that's another interesting thing as well to decide that you know. That was worth doing to put put it up fully uh, on YouTube. So there you go.
1: Yeah, no, I look. I think that's a good idea too. But um, I'm getting some DMs. I'm debating whether to do this on <laughs> there.
2: see see people. You're, you're seeing what's going. I on? mean, I
1: think they're listening. Is what it is. Oh, no. Um, Rich, well, I tell you, they they're all listening, buddy.
2: <laughs> uh, Hello, <laughs> hello, people. Um.
1: I'll think about it. All right,
2: <laughs> you can, you can, you uh, you, you can DM me independently well, if you'd like as well. Here's
1: yeah. the thing: the information is not going anywhere. What's the rush? <laughs> Let's think it through. Um, no, yeah, but this because th- this ra- I don't want to derail because I really want to talk about these ratings. Um, no, so I, I do think it was a successful number, and when you look at the uh, the quarter hours. Which Brandon Thurston also had.
2: Yes. Yeah, let's the, let's do that.
1: No, I've got him. Okay, so you got him. Yeah, the, go ahead. W- the point I wanted to make on the, the on the uh specifically on the Mox Punk match was the match was only three minutes and change long, and the entire segment, you remember from start to finish, did not eat the entire quarter hour. Okay? Oh actually it did. Uh John po- John Moxley versus CM Punk. Oh no, it did not. Yeah, okay? it was only
2: fifteen. Um, yeah, it was only fifteen minutes of it.
1: The Christian Cage pre tape promo oh, was yeah part yeah of right,
2: right 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 that was part of it too. Right. So
1: so here's my point. That quarter hour spiked to obviously a show high one point one nine eight million viewers. Okay, so a shade under one point two million viewers for that quarter. Now the match itself was only three minutes long and you know, intros to outro for the match what didn't even take up the whole fifteen minutes. So you have to think the Christian promo dragged down the quarter to some extent. And you have to think the three minutes of the match is where it peaked. Uh, you know. So if you look at the minute by minutes, the match itself undoubtedly did over 1.2 million viewers. Uh, probably even – possibly even more than that for the three minutes that the match was, uh, was active. So if they were simply chasing the biggest rating possible, if this was a desperate company, fearful of their television contract – they knew this was a huge match that was going to draw between 1.2 and 1.3 million viewers which was going to be one of the biggest matches that they've ever put on television and the and the viewership bears that out they would have had them do a twenty or thirty minute match because that would have dragged the average of the show up exponentially. Oh yeah, yeah. If they were if smart, they would,
2: they would have... have had them stall for fifteen minutes. <laughs> you know, that that could have taken up a whole half hour. It could have taken up forty five minutes. They could have had the whole second hour could have been <laughs> much much higher rated. No, what?
1: I, yeah, but no. What I'm saying is they could have just had a regular thirty minute match. Right, if they, right, if, right. If the, if the goal was just to inflate the rating.
2: But Oh I, well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying if, if like they couldn't, then they didn't want to do that. They they wanted to make. There was ways that they could have just made this sure. same style of a match take a lot longer than it did, and, and they didn't. Or like you said, they sure. just say, "Here, you got 35 minutes. Go out there and, and, and kill it, guys."
1: No, but instead they gave them 11 minutes from entrances to or you know whatever it was. Right, right, right. And it's it's my point here is is something we've talked about over the last few weeks. Once again, I don't buy this idea that tony khan feels like he's under pressure with his new bosses because if he did feel like that he would have announced the return of punk he would have announced the return of kenny omega and if you're going to do this match on tv anyway you would have given it more than 3 minutes if you felt a ratings crunch and this pressure to uh to to raise your you know alleged you know sagging ratings which They haven't been sagging. They've been the same for like two months. And this week was up because they ran this big match. So that's point number one. Um, Point number two, when you look at these quarter hours, they're amazingly consistent for the rest of the show. Everything on the show did well. Not a single segment tanked. The most surprising segment to me was Jamie Hayter and Kylan King because Kylan King's a non-entity who's not over with the fans at all. Britt Baker. Baker, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kylan King is a non entity. She's a jabroni in the eyes of the casual viewer, in the eyes of any viewer. She's just a jabron. Uh, she's not over. And that segment held up tremendously. It was one of the uh, highest performing segments on the entire show. So you have to credit Britt Baker big time for that because it certainly wasn't Kylan King, whatever that is. Okay. It was Britt Baker that carried that. Okay. And, uh, you know, Britt lobbied to get herself put in the first hour a few weeks ago, and the segment didn't do well at all. So this was an important segment for Britt Baker, and it delivered. The segment right after the main event with Ricky Starks putting that horrible position in front of the live crowd that was coming down from the match, okay? Um, That delivered with over a million viewers on average and the third highest 18 to 49 on the show. And realistically, the second, because that first quarter hour we know is artificially inflated by the lead in to some extent. So um, and it barely lost to the first quarter hour in 18 to 49. And then the main event, which we talked about last night, we both thought the main event was going to sink like a stone because people got their world title change. And, um, you know, maybe some people would tune out. No, the main event basically averaged a shade under a million viewers and, and the demo held from the Stark segment. It's like a straight line till the end of the show. So people were into the main event, even though Will Ospreay is essentially a part-timer who's not even on the roster. So there is nothing but great ratings news here. That's the only way you can interpret this. You know, I I don't see any angle where you can criticize the, uh, the rating they did last night. But Rich, do you know who found a way to criticize the rating last night?
2: Oh, God, don't tell me.
1: I'm gonna tell you, uh. no, and this for anyone <laughs> who doesn't know, it's somebody that we
2: probably shouldn't listen to anymore. We're, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna listen. Oh, uh, it's aren't
1: it's we? one of your all-time faves. Uh. So, look, our listeners know that this person's an all-time fraud. Oh. You know who it is? <laughs> oh
2: yeah, now I know.
1: But we constantly have new listeners, and based on last night and the business spikes that we saw, I presume we're gonna have a lot of new listeners this week. So they might not be intimately familiar with the the level of fraud that this man is. But here's what Eric Bischoff Ugh. had to say about the ratings today. You ready for this one, Rich?
2: Oh, I'd love to hear him, yes.
1: And this is now, now in the coffin, that this man is an all-time fraud. Quote, while the IWC... Uh,
2: <laughs> say no more. <laughs> I'm good.
1: We can end it right there.
2: Yeah, yeah I'm good. Uh, yeah, what a fraud! Unbelievable! Can't believe you said that. Okay, no, but there's more apparently. Well, the I, well, in we, 2022, you're going to use the IWC. In 20, is, 2022, is when we're all not sum
1: up Eric Bischoff. <laughs> better we're all than
2: walking around <laughs> with insane communication devices. Joe, your children have devices, right? That they're attached to all times of the day.
1: They sure do. They know how to move around that tablet better than their old man does.
2: (laughs) And we're going to use the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community, in the year of our Lord 2022. Unbelievable.
1: They say, Daddy, I'm out of memory. I want to download this Sonic game. They need me to punch in the little passcode, but then they know how to...
2: (laughs) Delete and get everything going and...
1: Yeah, delete shit that they don't play anymore and add memory to their device so they can download. Yeah, so yes, but this man is still using the term IWC. (laughs) Five-year-olds navigating a tablet, okay? Um, So, and I quote, while the IWC waits breathlessly to hear last night's AEW Dynamite ratings, you're going to puke, Rich. (laughs) Curious to see if anyone has the balls.
2: Oh, the stones. Okay. All right.
1: To compare year over year. Spin away! Exclamation (laughs) point. Okay, so end quote. Here's why this, If for anyone who had any doubts, this exposes Eric Bischoff as the world's biggest fraud of a human being when it comes to this stuff, who's just grasping at any relevance and is just completely operating a grift. All of a sudden, Eze is a big fan of year-over-year ratings. <laughs>
2: right, suddenly. For some reason, it dawned on him, ah, you know, what would be a good idea? Let's look at year-over-year.
1: Okay, so, for, a, for like a year straight, when AEW was crushing, when Dynamite was crushing their year-over-year ratings, Eric Bischoff never spoke a word about the year-over-years. And in fact, Bischoff and all the acolytes similar to him would talk about how that didn't mean anything. Ah, the show started off with 1.4 million viewers, and now they're doing uh, 950,000 viewers. That's all that matters, right? They never wanted to hear about the year-over-year growth. Now, when Dynamite has negative year-over-year growth, now Eric Bischoff wants to talk about year-over-year ratings rich here's the kicker though (laughs) last year's head-to-head comp dynamite i was gonna say
2: the best part about this guy is i know i know where this is going and it's definitely they're up year-over-year for sure right
1: no last year's year-over-year comp was cm punk's dynamite debut
2: oh see he's so you know what you gotta give it to him he's That is why that man that had no discernible skills or talent whatsoever assumed the role of president, like became a top level executive in Turner Broadcasting because he is smart as fuck. Instead of just, he knows what the hell he's doing, man. You got to give it to him for that. You know how we got to give it to Vince McMahon, even
1: though he's a horrific human being? Hey,
2: You got to hand it to Eric Bischoff, man.
1: We have never called him stupid. No,
2: we have never. We've called him an all-time grifter and a fraud, but we have never.
1: Last year's dynamite. You ready? CM Punk's first dynamite a point... <laughs> I that would be that would be it Listen, yeah. Yeah. a .48 in the 18 of 49 <laughs> and 1.172 million viewers so
2: he's doing cheese board guy thing where you look at Rampage yeah. and go what's going on with
1: Rampage <laughs> so do you think it's a little convenient that the first time <laughs> oh, ever man. that Eric Bischoff wants to tell people and direct them to year over year ratings that it's this week I mean, the guy is unbelievable. It's it, great. He's it's such great. A you gotta lot. give
2: it up to him. All these gri- they should learn a thing or two because some of these grifters, it's lazy or it's it's you know, just surface. La- he's he's playing grifter chess. You guys are all playing checkers, man. He's got it on another level. Got it. Got to hand it's easy for that. ATM Anything. Eric. ATM Eric really pulled pulled out the the big guns for this week. That's a great. Kudos to him. You gotta. I mean, you gotta tip your cap to that. That's perfect.
1: Anything to discredit. <laughs> 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 the numbers that um, came out to me. Like, like he, he knows, you know, we never have claimed he's stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing. And, um, you know, the people who give him a platform to spew this nonsense genuinely should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, it's horrible, dis- intentionally disingenuous analysis that just pollutes the community. It's it's you know, I mean, like we're not talking life or death, uh, you know, stuff here when we're talking about wrestling ratings. okay so you don't want to make it overly dramatic, but this isn't just an ignorant guy who's spewing ignorant thoughts. He's 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 intentionally disingenuous. He knows what he's doing. And it's all because he's annoyed. At something Tony Khan said about Nitro, you know, six months ago or whatever it was a year ago. And uh, you know now he has this vendetta. It's 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 crazy, but uh, I mean he's an all time fraud, and <laughs> and today was just another great example of that. Um, and this idea that no one does year over year ratings, Rich, he subscribes to WrestleNomics. Yeah, Eric Bischoff is a WrestleNomics subscriber. He knows <laughs> that Brandon Thurston does year over year ratings. Every day for wrestling ratings for every wrestling show. He knows that Dave Meltzer does year over year ratings. He knows that Raj Geary tweets year over year ratings. Every day he knows this. But you know, his 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 base eats it up. They're all going, hell yeah, Eric, tell him what the show do last year. No one has the balls. What? <laughs> That's all anyone ever talks about. Know it's We've been talking about year-over-year ratings for, forever when you were disregarding them. You ignored the year-over-year ratings when they didn't suit your argument. Now you want to talk year-over-year. This is going against Punk's debut. It, yeah, it's, yeah, so anyway. That's it's uh, incredible. That's Bischoff. I have a uh, message here from uh, – should we do this? Here's what. Here's I don't what know. Has... I
2: don't know anything about. It. Did you actually? T- Do I know this, or am I getting a completely surprised? No,
1: no, no. I got this on my phone while okay. we're doing the show. Because obviously, someone they're they're fucking listening. I don't know. Um, I am told that uh, here's a quote: Thunder Rosa's injury is because she doesn't want to lose. Ooh, is the exact quote. I see. Okay. She's hurt people. Spicy, spicy, spicy. Okay. Well, she's hurt people and she's trying to play victim with the crying. End quote. Listen. Ooh. <laughs> I, that's just what someone's telling me in real time. A little birdie. What do you want
2: from me? A little birdie is telling you.
1: What do you want from me? Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me.
1: Oh, I got some more stuff. Look at this.
2: <laughs> I can't. You're only. You're only... This,
1: I, this I can't give you. This is from a friend of mine who's working on some of these stories, and uh, you'll see these quotes in good time. These I can't give you, but okay. Well, who who
2: June, are they in relation to?
1: All the stuff we've been talking about. Okay, right. Thunder Rosa, and yeah, just some of the. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
2: Pro wrestling.
1: <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. And again, I, I take no sides. I just tell you what I'm told. This Thunder Rosa thing is getting bigger before it gets smaller. Uh-oh. That's all that's what I'll say. All right. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's so anyway, what's your take on the, the... now the rating?
2: Well, um, I think it's, I mean, look at a year year-over-year show. It's, something's wrong with this company, man. That, that's all I got to say. So I'm actually with point. Eric. I'm so, with EZAE on this one. So.
1: Absolutely. Listen, call call Alba. Get on that show. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, I wonder I how much they're good. making. Yeah, well, Eric needs it all because he's got bankruptcy to deal with. Probably do it, so, a lot. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, they probably uh, make more. So <laughs> I, uh, I be, you right. know what? I honestly would be more than happy to re- recap Road Wild 1997 <laughs> with Eric Bischoff or something. So. I mean, here am so, I, I'm uh, a dope just sitting here reviewing fucking Bash of the Beaches by myself in my room after I go to work. Like, what am I doing? I'm an idiot. I get be doing the same thing, but have Eric Bischoff tell me he doesn't remember, and then I can read a Meltzer quote. That's the life, man. I, I'm doing it wrong, I think, so. I read Meltzer quotes. I could just have Eric tell me the Meltzer quotes are wrong. What am I doing? I, do, I basically do the show, but instead of letting eric say oh well, that's dumb or that's stupid i just call him dumb and stupid and then point out how they fucked a lot of things up and ruined their business so i just got to flip just a few different things and i could just do that grift it's not that i'm basically there so hmm
1: yeah, but where am i in this scenario You're ah, you know me what aside. tough
2: shit figure it out you want to do uh you can yeah. host with uh tony Schiavone. you can uh who what what other like <laughs>
1: russo is another one you could do a show he'll, he'll, oh he'll he's he'll
2: available joe i think that's you
1: you replace me with Russo?
2: No, I'm. Mean, you are gonna do you and Russo are gonna do a show. I don't people
1: want to talk to Vince Russo. Listen, <laughs> Vince Russo, the guy aside, can people handle that much New York, New Jersey? Uh, no, in- that'd
2: be yeah. horrific. Yeah, and then also you guys are not even fans of like New York sports teams. It'd be even more annoying because you guys would be bitching and moaning about the San Francisco Giants and the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds. Be like, what is this show? Like, uh, he's
1: yeah, he's a San Francisco Giants fan, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. That's, yeah kinda of weird.
2: Yeah, so you guys would be like yeah. you know, you, people would turn into the show thinking you guys are gonna be bitching about the Yankees and the Mets and then here you are, you know, getting upset about your forty nine win Cincinnati Reds or whatever. That's not gonna um he,
1: yeah. he's complaining about Joey Barton. Yeah, yeah, he's right? like,
2: I don't I don't know. I don't know, bro. He's like a twenty four year old catcher, man. Maybe give him a minute or two. Yeah. Uh, bro, I'm telling you, I don't think he's he's not Busta. Buster's not walking through that door. That's all I'm telling you.
1: You know like <laughs> He's like some amalgamation of Francesa. Like yeah, some I don't know. I can't. I
2: don't know if I can really do the Russo because it's a different. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's it's a unique accent. Old Vic Venom. Okay. So
1: let's get this back on track. Yeah. Do you have so any other scoops possibly, that you're gonna
2: read that are gonna derail everything or no?
1: Okay, I'll just say this. Like all kidding aside, like the the, the locker room is not on Thunder Rosa's side. Let's okay, just put it that right, way. I mean, yeah. no, I, no, I, I did not heard. think
2: that either. It, it was kind of funny to see. A lot of the fans, it felt like, were like, no, that can't be, no, that can't, no, no. And then it it, it kind of, little by little, everybody that was doing the reports were all kind of, it felt like all of, everything that's come out, which is probably, like you said, all, mostly people from the locker room, it felt like, it's, I don't want to say 100%, but goddamn, it felt like 100% of the reports felt like they were more not on Rose's side, I, I is probably the best way to say it. It seems like that's continuing uh, today even, so.
1: No, like, yeah, in real time. Um, so we positively reviewed the Punk-Mox match. I, I thought it was a brilliant way to execute the match. We talk about it in detail on the uh, instant reaction. But what I also thought was brilliant about it was, in my opinion, they, they, they did the match and popped the rating without even giving away the match. Because they did this three-minute squash where Punk... You know, they do the storyline where Punk hurts his foot. And please, people, it's it's an angle. He didn't, <laughs> yeah, he didn't yes, re-injure yeah. his foot. Um, you know, they, they do the injury angle where he injures his foot. They do the three-minute squash. So they give you the match, and they give you a satisfying match because they give you a title change, right? But they really didn't give away the match. Like, to me, there's still a thirst and a hunger to see these guys wrestle because they didn't give you a, a quote-unquote real match. So, I think they got the best of both worlds out of this thing. And I think if they do do a rematch on pay per view and Punk comes out and cuts another heel leaning promo where he puts all the blame on his foot and he says he's feeling better and he can't wait to get Mox back in there and, you know, Mox can't beat me if I'm, hel- whatever, you know, they're going to cut much better promos than I can replicate here. Okay. I trust those guys to cut the promos. I think there's still money in that match. Like I feel like they didn't burn off the match based on the way it played out. What's your take on that?
2: Well, and I agree. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little I've been dubious that this match is happening again at all. Out it just to me, I think with the way that they did this story, I would like. And this is just kind of me sort of speculating or me kind of saying what I would prefer more than anything and 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 Meltzer has Dave Meltzer has said that the match is still on as far as he knows for the all-out main event and I know a few other people report it, but it was mostly just people regurgitating what Dave said. So so far he's the only person that said it aew has not officially said anything. I haven't seen anybody else confirm that yes, it is still on the docket uh, for being the main event of all out. but Optically, I would like it not to be because I think you can tell a really, really cool story there where if and when maybe Punk does come back a couple weeks later and maybe he is ready again. And and I know that, like, yeah, you don't want to wait all the way till full gear in November, so maybe you do want to do it all out. But I think there's ways that you can get around this story, and there's ways and things that you can do. But I'm right with you that if it's full gear, hell, even if it's all out, I, I don't love it happening in 10 days. But what I'll what I said, and 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 I think I said this on the interaction, but if I didn't I'll reiterate it here. Am I, like, super, super excited to see that match right now? I, I can't say that I'm super, super excited to see that match, not the way I was a couple weeks ago. But if there's two guys that can talk me back into it, it's fucking CM Punk and John Moxley. You know, All it takes is one CM Punk promo or one John Moxley promo for me to get all the way back in. And they can do that on Dynamite. They can do that in a week. They can absolutely, absolutely, absolutely do that. I think it's better stated, and I think it's better done to maybe hold off a little bit. Whatever you want to do it all out, you can do something different it all out. Uh, but then, yeah, when Punk Punk can kind of come back and say, okay, now I'm ready to go, and now you're not going to beat me because of the foot and all that sort of stuff. And and, and then you could truly have that the match that, that we know that these guys can have. But, no, I'm with you. I, I was not satiated. I was not saying, all right, well, that's, that's Sean Moxley and CM Punk, and I'm good, and I never need to, see, need to see these guys again. No, I want to see these guys again. After that match, you want to see these guys again. The question for me, though, is do I want to see them in 10 days or do I want to let them kind of let this story play out a little bit? I think, personally, I would rather let them play it out a little bit I'd rather let Punk go away for a little bit, come back and say, "Okay, now I'm healthy. You're not going to get the best of me this time. You're not, you know, you 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 got me when I was down. Yada yada, all that sort of stuff." And I think that is going to tell a much better story than if they just try to get it back in 10 days. But again, with that being said, it's these two dudes. They can get me back in 10 days if they need to, and I'm not going to be I'm not going to be upset that Ed. I'm going to go live in the building and watch another CM Punk versus John Moxie match. That's fine with me. That is A-OK with me. I am more than happy to see that again. But I, just in the end, I think there's a lot of different directions they can go with this. And I think that is really cool. And that is... is is. That's great pro wrestling when you can do that. You have a lot of different things you can go. You can have, you know, these guys face each other in 10 more days and, and Punk is is healed up and he tapes his foot and he doesn't succumb to the, the injuries and he beats John Moxley in front of the Chicago crowd and yay, everybody's happy and yeah, CM Punk's got the title back or whatever. He can come back in 10 days and I think I have saw this as well that he can come back and say, you know what, goddamn it, you know, that you, you got the best of me this one night but I'm here and I'm ready to come back or whatever and then he can fucking lose again in, in eight minutes. John Moxley can beat his ass again and, and John can say, all right, you're done, like you can't have anymore old man like get out of my get out of my company get out of my like you can't hang anymore your body's broken down you got to go and then that even I think could lead to a pretty fun story Punk could lose it's okay if Punk loses twice now you have a really I think a cool story if, if Punk thinks again that he can do it and he can't and, and 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 Moxley just beats his ass again I think that's a really cool story I've seen people say that you know Punk can fully turn heel and go, and the way he beats John Moxley is some nefarious means. Is that a way to bring back MJF? Is it something that he realizes, hey, look, physically I can't beat this guy, but there's some mental thing I can do. There's something I can do to cheat to win, or there's something I can do to win. I think that's okay. That's a little, you know, it's, it's not how they've booked. They've always kind of booked mostly clean title wins and mostly clean finishes and stuff. But if you really want to get this thing over, if you want to turn CM Punk heel, that's a great opportunity to do it, a great try to do it. I don't know if it's going to work in Chicago, but hell, that's that's something you can do too. You can do like I said, where they just punk goes away for three, four, or five weeks or whatever, comes back and says, "All right, now I'm healthy," and you build for full gear or whatever if you want to. I think there's a lot of different ways to go with this, and I couldn't believe that I saw this show, and I don't know if you did too, that like people were were genuinely like, "Oh man, punk got squashed," or "Oh, punk looked like yeah you know, that 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 was." I saw finger poke of doom. I saw the fucking finger poke of doom referenced. Way too many times last night. That was great pro wrestling, what we saw last night. That was tremendous pro wrestling nerd shit wrestling that we saw yesterday. CM Punk is talking a big game, says he's ready to go, he's not ready to go, and John Moxley beats his ass. That is not a squash, and that is not a finger poke of doom. That is good pro wrestling. A man came back before he was ready, and the healthy guy that's been there the whole time, that's in tip-top shape, and is on top of his game, beat his ass. That's not a squash. That's not a finger poke. Of doom. It's not a punishment for CM Punk. People are. There's so many things going on here, and I don't. It's just. It was just great pro wrestling at the end of the day. I can't fathom what people were getting out of that segment, other than wow, this is really cool, and wow, there's a lot of different directions we can go from this now. That's what I got out of it. But you know, I don't know.
1: Well, I, look. There's a lot of fans who they lose their minds when matches like this are short and come across like squashes. We've seen it. There's so many recent examples. There's people who just lost their minds at Brock squashing Kofi and Goldberg squashing the fiend. And when Brock does matches like this against other opponents, and now we saw it last night where there's sort of this thing where people feel like not necessarily that they're being ripped off, but that it's, it's almost cheap and that it's, it in that there's a lot of fans who view it no matter what, as a as as a burial of the guy that's losing when oftentimes like I think with The Fiend, it very much uh, in hindsight was that was Vince was done with. the Fiend. Yeah,
2: that, that that was a burial. That was a burial. Yes.
1: That one you could chalk up, I think, as as a burial. Um, the, the Kofi one is I, I don't consider that one a burial. I consider that one. They saw value in Brock. They saw no value in Kofi. And they thought that was the best way to make an impression on the debut on Fox. Kofi was treated well in the aftermath. I know people are annoyed that he didn't get a title rematch and all that. But come on. that I'm not relitigating all of that. Um, and then there's this, which, I mean, this is not a burial. They're telling a story here. This is, you know, everyone claims AEW. Well, not everyone. But there's, there's people who claim AEW doesn't tell stories. And it's like you know, you're just the right in front of your face. You are just, you know, you, you're not seeing them. I mean, you know, there's going to be follow up to this and you know, the, the, the foot deal is going to be part of this. And I, again, I, I didn't see the match going in this direction at all. I thought this was a brilliant way to execute this yeah. while not truly giving away the match. It was impactful. The crowd was on fire from start to finish. So it came across great on TV. Um, and it's got people talking, it's our lead topic, it's everybody else's lead topic today, it was last night's Dynamite, more so than even usual. Well, and uh, so I think like, the, the, match- argument, the,
2: the the discussion, too, is pretty cool, because people are wondering, oh, is Punk actually healthy? Is he actually hurt? Is he, did he come back too soon? Is this all a story? Like, the fact that we don't know, and that we're all kind of speculating about that, that's good. That's good, like, that is good pro wrestling, I... I yeah, this sort of stuff, like I said, this is this is kind of wrestling nerd shit. Guy comes back from injury. We said like Kenny Omega wants to do this story, but he's got to at least win a few matches in this trios tournament before he can do this story. But I make mean, no question, he's probably going to do the same story next week where he isn't healthy to uh, uh, healthy enough to go yet, and he might get you know lose to to Will Osprey or lose to somebody because he's not all the way there, not fully healthy. Like that's. That's how it's done on a lot of different places, and yeah, I mean, people aren't really used to that. I guess they're not but like you said, it's just kind of a shock to the system that that when you don't get a match this long, people assume that they were going to walk out the curtain and and you know Punkin and, uh, and, and Moxley had a thirty five minute match in their head, and Tony said, no 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 three minutes and he's going to beat you. <laughs> it's like what no, you know it's you know sometimes guys are like yeah that's a really cool story they shake it up. People aren't used to this, and I get it, and it's a bit of a shock to the system, but when it does happen, it it it, it usually results. Uh, It's a pretty cool story being told. I mean, I I know that people in our Discord were were bringing up the Kushida Hiromu match from a couple years ago, and we talked about that one. How cool that was. It was like, you know, Kushida got in the yeah. ring, Hiromo got in the ring, and then the bell rang, and Hiromo just fucking cannonballed him right away and just beat him in three minutes and was just like, no, this is my division now. I own this division. And it was, it was cool. It was a really, really, really cool story. And, and, uh, we mentioned Goldberg matches in the past, Goldberg and, and, and Brock. That was a super cool, like, shock to yeah. the system, uh, type of match that, that wasn't a burial, quote unquote, but was just, uh, hey, here's, you know, we're telling a story here that one guy is just super dominant over the other. And, you know, it doesn't need a 15 minute match to do that. Sometimes, you know, three minutes is just fine, and, and I thought it was perfectly fine last night.
1: I, I think the kind of fan who complains about these short you know squashes in these in these situations, I think it's a similar Venn diagram to kind of the you deserve it crowd in that they, they don't see pro wrestling as a simulated competition as much as they see it as they just want to see their favorite personalities treated a certain way. I don't know if I'm coming across right, but I feel like it's the same kind of fan that, you know, will will go online and and campaign for, you know, mid-card wrestler X to get a title reign because they deserve one or, or that will chant you deserve it in a crowd when, you know, Liv Morgan's holding the title. Like that kind of fan is the kind of fan that doesn't respond well to these kinds of matches because uh, they feel like it's disrespectful to the talent you know to beat CM Punk in three minutes right, in that right, right. manner where they're, because they're viewing pro wrestling through a different kind of lens than we're viewing it. you know we appreciate the story being told. we appreciate that it's simulated competition. we appreciate that it's something different whereas these people see it as disrespectful when the fiend gets beaten 30 seconds disrespectful that Kofi, doesn't get an offensive move in and then doesn't get his you know title rematch or whatever where we're viewing it through a different kind of lens i just think maybe it's just different kind of fans who watch this thing for different reasons and you know maybe i'm off base but i get the sense that it's the same kind of fans who are less interested in this kind of match and and thus this kind of story being told i don't know there might be something to that as well
2: yeah uh, that, but, that does make sense
1: but uh, I thought it was a phenomenal, uh, memorable, what ultimately will be a very memorable uh, television world title change and, and, and television moment with Moxley just you know, taking advantage of that foot injury and just beating the living shit out of this man and beating him clean. Because it was shocking, too. And I don't know. I, I feel like there's still money in the match if they do it at the pay-per-view. I really do. They've got no prayer of matching last year's all out. That's a special thing that you can never replicate again. Uh, you know, with Punk returning to pro wrestling on pay per view, but um, you know, and and you know, and and the rumors of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole shows up, and you know, and then you know, yeah, you can't replicate that. But I think if they do do this match again, there's still money in it, and uh, if, if that's the case, then I think the pay per view will do very well, and I think it'll be one of their better pay-per-views of the year. I feel like AEW has a lot of momentum coming out of Dynamite last night. You know, so that's where I stand on it. What do you think?
2: No, I'm with you. I I think it could still draw. Uh, I think, like I said, optically-wise, I I think my preferred story would be just do something else uh, and have Punk come back uh in, in you know a few weeks or a few uh, a month or so or something like that if you're really all right want so to, then but,
1: what's that what's that something else what do you do with the uh with and the, that's the, the and tutorial. that's where
2: i don't know if i have any, a, a good answer for you and that I, I think that ultimately becomes the bigger question than okay now we have to find a way to build something in 10 days we have to have a title match in 10 days and and Who's the cont- I mean, I don't even know what the fucking rankings are. You know, <laughs> who the hell is the number one contender or whatever? I, you, you know, trying to shoehorn Hangman in there seems a little weird. So, I don't know. What, what we did see—I don't know if you saw this—but as we were doing the show, uh, Tony Khan sent out a tweet that says, uh, "Tomorrow on Friday Night Rampage, we'll have exclusive backstage footage of CM Punk shot following his undisputed uh, World Championship match yesterday." On Wednesday nights, AEW Dynamite. Don't miss it. So exclusive footage from CM Punk. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll see when, what ends up happening there. Yeah, and that's and that's ultimately my problem is I don't know what that other thing is. I don't know what that other thing could be or should be or would be because I don't know who else seems ultimately ready for that spot. I know I've seen some people speculate that you could do, you know, Will Osprey gets a title shot. But you don't want to – and Osprey is something you – that's a big time. You know, if you if you have Osprey and have the ability to build up Osprey and have him on your 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 thing for a month or whatever, you're you're not throwing him in there in, in a short time. You're not bringing MJF back and having him in ten days get an AEW title match. Like I I don't I don't love that story either. I think if you want to bring MJF back on the pay per view, you can do that. But I don't think building him up for a title match in ten days. Hangman doesn't feel like he's there right now. So that that ultimately. Resul- my my thing is like I don't know, and, and you know you ask me that question. I don't know that I have a great answer for it. I just know that I think I would rather have the punk thing go until full gear or something like that, or have have it be delayed and then do it until full gear. But I I can't give you an answer of what I would rather have it all out or, wh- or what that thing at all out would be, um, to make it. So I guess you just bring it back at all out. I don't know.
1: I have another Thunder Rosa update.
2: Oh no is it good
1: um, is, is it on is, no, is yeah, yeah. It her, it's
2: on her side no thunder Rosa is vindicated
1: so, no i have a different perspective oh. of um i have a, a wrestler saying that they didn't hear anything about her hiding from Jimmy hater in a bathroom or otherwise but they're saying that after she injured hater she immediately exited the building And didn't bother checking up on hater. And that added to the heat as well. In other words.
2: (coughs) Oh, I see. Yeah, no, no, no. You gotta, I mean, if you you actually legitimately hurt somebody and you know that you did, you gotta be back there the second they walk through the curtain. With a handshake ready to go or or whatever. And they might tell you to go fuck yourself, but you gotta do that. You don't get into a a waiting car. You don't get into a waiting car and, and drive away. You definitely do not
1: do that. Hold on, I'm dying over here, hold that's on. That's
2: fine, but that is Pro Wrestling 101. If, if that happened, then I could see why, um, yeah, that's not good. You can't do that.
1: Yeah, no, she she, uh, apparently she just left the venue immediately after the match and didn't check up on her, which is another wrinkle to the story that I don't think, that's another perspective that I haven't heard yet. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you could just toss that in too. <sighs> um, not good. DMs blowing up during the show.
2: <laughs> leave us alone.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: I mean, you, you can still know. you can still send them, of course, but you know, I meant I mean, leave them alone. You know, in the best way possible. Yeah, you
1: know, why are you telling people? No, leave I'm us alone. They're kidding. listening I'm to you right kidding. now. I'm kidding, they're, I'm kidding. Um, they're you know, helping us. Show, here. we got to
2: get to this end of seventy fourth, guys. <laughs> it's true. Leave Joe alone. We got to talk about Tyrus and. Bully Ray versus Mike Knox in a tables match. We got stuff to talk about. Important stuff. Come on.
1: All right. You got anything else on this uh, Dynamite? Again, the $10 tier, we have a, a what, hour and 45-minute review? Yeah, of about hour
2: and 45-minute review and recap of, of, of everything that happened uh, on Dynamite. So, yeah, plenty of stuff there. Uh, real quickly, here's the card we have for All Out. We'll find more out uh, next week. Obviously, because well, hopefully we do because the show is next weekend. So, uh, right now we have Ricky Stark's powerhouse Hobbs, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, uh, Swerve in our Glory versus the acclaimed for the tag team titles. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danoxon a Casino Ladder Match. AW Women's World Championship: Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns, and then obviously the World Trios Championship Tournament Finals, one of the elite. Uh, or the uh, uh, United Empire versus, well, the other side of the bracket. So, there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think hey, Do you think, think it's that a... uh, the
2: next side of the bracket is going to have a match as good as the uh, the one, uh, Dutch Triangle versus uh, United Empire? you think Hungi and uh, Alex Reynolds have it in them to... Uh...
1: <laughs> I mean... I think uh, it's... You
2: know. I'm, I'm on the record as saying I think that the... Uh, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Preston Vance versus Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Brent, uh, Trent Beretta match will be worse. Hot take, worse than the Death Triangle at United Empire. What do you think, Joe?
1: I think that the United Empire versus the Elite match has a chance to match what we saw last night. Right?
2: Yeah, I think so. You don't think um, don't Hungy and Ten have it in them to?
1: I gave you my answer. Uh, <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard reports of how it was. I mean, they taped it last night.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard, Yeah, so that's probably I, not great if it hasn't hasn't made the rounds yet. So we'll see what uh... I mean,
1: that's not oh, I I, see, I I didn't mean it from that perspective. I'm just saying maybe it was fucking great. I don't know. <laughs> um but, you know, and the thing here too, I mean, look, am I thrilled about Kip Sabian pock coming down the pike? Here's something fans have to understand and remember about Kip Sabian. Okay. Do I think Kip Sabian is a great wrestler? I do not. I think Kip Sabian is a perfectly competent mid-card wrestler who, quite honestly, I'd be perfectly fine with never seeing wrestle again. And I probably would never think about Kip Sabian again if that were the case. But let me tell you something about Kip Sabian and why he's going to have a role in this company for as long as he wants one. Okay. Go back to those pandemic shows. And I'm talking immediate pandem like the, the the earliest like March when yeah. the pandemic first hit. Okay. Kip Sabian was one of the guys who was there every single week. And that's not knocking anyone who wasn't there. There were people who didn't know what the fuck COVID was and didn't want to leave their house. And Tony Khan said showing up to work is optional. These are wild times. You want to stay home, stay home and some people did. Some people tried to come to work and tested positive for COVID and we'll never know how many or what extent, uh, you know, that's all private information. And unless those people choose to share it, you know, like Lance Archer did one time and some others, we're never going to know the extent of how many people tested positive for COVID and tried to come to those tapings and, and work and weren't allowed to work. Those early tapings, both in Jacksonville and the Norcross tapings in Georgia. Okay. were with those super limited crews, sometimes like as little as 15 to 20% of the contracted talent <coughs> were, were available on those tapings. And one of the guys who was there for all of those tapings and on TV every week was Kip Sabian. And Tony Khan is not going to forget that. Yeah. Okay? And again, that's not to disparage anyone who couldn't make it or did have health concerns or did test positive for COVID. That's not the point here. And that's not being held against anyone. But Kip Sabian is one of the people that got that company that could have ended the company. I mean, I, you know, that, that, you remember at the time, Rich, they had, it was very controversial that they kept doing TV. Right,
2: right. And we, and we had to come on the show and say, look, they need to do this TV. If they tell Turner, hey, we're not going to do the TV, then Turner could just say, well, hey, we're not going to pay you. And then, right. We're done. Yeah, we're done here. And that, that's all over.
1: So the guys like Kip Sabian, who, in the earliest days of COVID when no one really knew what this thing was. Okay. Put their own health on the line and showed up to work every week. Kenny Omega was another one. You know, it wasn't just Kip Sabian, but he's one of the Cody Rhodes was another one there every week. Okay. Kip Sabian was one of those guys who, who, who held that fucking thing together. And because of that, he's always going to have a role. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to get main event pushes. He he won't. All
2: right, day one guy as well. I think that 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 should be noted as well.
1: Day one guy, and someone who Tony Khan is truly appreciative of of a on a human level as one of those people who held the who helps hold this company together through those scary, unknown, earliest days of the pandemic, when they were just flying by the seat of their pants. Then they had to go to Norcross to do show. It was just a mess. Go look. Here's something for the listeners. Go pull up the cards for some of those early pandemic shows (laughs) in March and April. And look what you were getting on Dynamite every week. And you're going to be shocked with the benefit of two years of hindsight. None of us complained in real time. We were happy to just be getting some wrestling on TV. Yeah, so I, I pulled
2: a- up. I, I, here, I'll do the. I'll do the challenge for you right now. AEW Dynamite number twenty-eight, Norcross, Georgia, uh, April fifteenth, twenty twenty. Your main event: thirty minutes and forty-six seconds. John Moxie defeats Jake Hager.
1: Mm-hmm. That was the uh, like. Didn't was that the one where they it was like falls anywhere? I thought that was Jacksonville that match. Uh, it's no, I mean, it it's it's no holds matches. barred. Yeah,
2: yeah, no holds barred. Maybe. Uh, your seven-minute event was uh, Sean Spears defeating something called Justin Law. Justin mm. Law. Uh, yeah. Kip Sabian defeats Chuck Taylor. Mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara defeats Shug D. Mm-hmm. Doctor Britt Baker defeats Cassandra Kassan, Kass, Golden. Cassandra, Cassandra yeah. Golden, Cassandra Golden. Uh, and then your opening match was Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana.
1: That was a hell of a match, if I recall. Yes, that one was good. Good little, good little TV match. Right,
2: but that's was that um, the first
1: round was that in the TNT. tournament? That was
2: the TNT tournament. Yes, indeed.
1: I listen. That's not a match year or anything, but I thought that was a hell of a match. I remember that match, but that's a good example of an early pandemic show. That's not AEW dark. That's a dynamite. And Kip Sabian was there.
2: The uh, the next and one, Rip
1: Baker was there, and Kenny Omega was there, and, and Cody Rhodes. Like these are the people. That helped hold the company together. Go ahead and read another yeah, one. Yeah, he was the
2: main event uh, the next week, the the April 22nd one. It was uh, him versus Dustin yeah. Rhodes was the main event, AWTNT TNT tournament, uh, first-round matchup. Uh, this was also the Kenny Omega-Allen Angels match, the one that ruined Kenny Omega's career. Uh, that was that yep. match there. Uh, Darby L. and Sammy Guevara. So, you know, you had some better talent on this one, but... Yeah, yeah, Orange Cassidy, Jimmy Havoc, Wardlaw versus Lee Johnson, and then Brody Lee versus Justin Law. Justin Law got a lot of work (laughs) during the pandemic. Yeah, Uh, you know,
1: and the pandemic got a lot of people jobs. Yeah. Lee Johnson's an example. You know, these indie workers from the area who, you know, who who showed up and helped out, a lot of them ended up getting jobs. And, um, you know, there you go, Kip Sabian in the main event against Dustin Rhodes. On dynamite, a dynamite main event, Dustin Rhodes versus Kip Sabian. So I'm not sure if people quite remember. It was truly, you can't even call it all hands on deck. It was whatever hands. Yeah, whatever hands want to show up
2: are on deck. Yes. (laughs) Whoever wants to be on the ship can come onto it.
1: Taping a bunch of head you know, just because, all right, we've got some bodies here. Let's get a bunch of shit in the can, you know, and then, you know, we'll reconvene in a couple weeks and see what we've got to work with and do it again you know it would be very interesting to really do a deep dive and investigate those shows someday and get people to sit down and talk about you know what went into putting those shows together
2: right i'm not ready for that now i think maybe in a couple of years i can, I, we can I mean. re- re- years relive time. the horrific early days of the, of
1: the pandemic you know so. when when AEW has their streaming service in 10 years and that'd be a great documentary yeah. to sit down and have Tony Khan talk about it and, and Cody and, and all these people that were involved and, and, um, of how these shows were constructed and put together. I mean, if you're putting, you know, no disrespect to some of these local indie wrestlers who did jobs on those shows, but if those are your featured matches on dynamite, you know, that's, you know, you had five or six push talents available on some of those shows. It's all you had to work with. And Kip Sabian was right there. Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I, look, if you don't love watching Kip Sabian wrestle, I'm get. i I'm not offended. I was never someone who was like, oh my god, Kips I just think he's an average wrestler. I'm not offended by his presence. I'm not like, this guy's yeah, he, terrible. He is, he
2: is a replacement-level professional wrestler, ex- for sure.
1: Exactly. He is the definition of a jag. You know, and like you're saying, you know, he's a zero-war <laughs> replacement-level wrestler. And, you know, I have no problem with that on my mid-card. So... But he's going to be taken care of for as long as he wants to be there. So that's just, that's something that's just going to be a reality. So anyway, I just wanted to get that in.
2: Uh, that is it uh, for AEW. Again, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Interaction Live, Flash Patreon.com, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. $10 tier if you want to listen to an extensive, extensive review uh, of last night's uh, Dynamite. But let's get to the real main event of this show the NWA. 74th anniversary weekend and people saying how could you still cover nwa why are you still covering nwa nobody cares about the nwa wrong we care about the nwa we this show was an nwa podcast when we started and until the nwa dies this will be an nwa podcast we are never going to stop covering the nwa so you can stop asking you can stop saying you can stop pleading with us it's never going to stop we're going to preview all this shit and we're going to review all this shit that's just we we are too pot committed at this point. We're 10 years in, NWA 74 years in, we're too committed with each other. There's no we're not breaking we're not breaking from it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna continue to happen. So just accept it. All right. Jeez. <laughs> well, there's people Yo, Oh, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. cover Gleet. Well, no, no. We're not covering Gleet when there's an NWA 74th anniversary. When Gleet has their seventy fourth anniversary, we'll cover Glee. Alright? How about that? But until then, we're covering NWA. So deal with it.
1: Not, not so secretly sassy. Yeah. Listen, I was all in favor of covering the Glee Corican this week, but Rich was just like, "No, <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> no, we're, we can't do that."
2: I saw <laughs> your notes. You had extensive notes about uh, uh, Masada Yoshino's return to you know the, the, the wrestling world, and Gleet. yeah, you had a lot of stuff. But uh, no, unfortunately, I I said no, Joe. No Glee. We're talking NWA here. Uh, in the show, but uh, yes, we are talking into a 74th anniversary weekend here, uh, August 27th and the 28th. Now we talked a lot about this last year because uh, we were kind of shocked at how well these shows sold and how many tickets got uh, bought right away for for these shows. Uh, they're going back to St. Louis for this year, and that was cool because they had a lot of you know connections to the old St. Louis territories, wrestling at the Chase, all that sort of stuff. They're doing it from the Chase Ballroom, so that's really cool. Uh, as well but I, I have you heard much about the tickets for this this year's shows because I I have not I heard a lot about them last year not so much this year which leads me to believe that they're probably not uh, flying off the shelves but have you heard any different
1: what that the tickets are doing poorly
2: yeah or like how, how are they selling have you heard anything
1: yeah they're doing awful okay that's I'd imagine when I don't hear that
2: that's what that means so
1: no, they, no, they 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 are not. No, the tickets. Now, last year they sold out three days in a row. Last year they sold out the anniversary pay-per-view, the Empower pay-per-view, and then they sold out the television taping on the third day, which had less seats than the first two nights. But they sold all the available seats for the television taping as well. Right, and
2: told and and were very upfront about how they were selling very well too. I mean, you couldn't. Everybody was getting a billy quote about how well they're selling in in, in St. Louis and. Well, they kind sold me up out. It was weird because I haven't heard a thing. It's it's been a little, a little quiet on oh, oh, the front. So. I, I,
1: I ruined I ruined your bit. I'm sorry. I I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. So I I am sorry. I stepped all over you. You're good. You're just, good.
2: It was it was it was it a went over real... my head.
1: And I, yeah I left. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I'm an idiot. But um. Nobody clipped that. <laughs> but no, the, the the tickets are not doing well this year at all. I mean, they're just uh, you know. I thought you were asking me in earnest, and I was like, Rich, uh, Well, where I the mean, fuck I guess I kind of
2: was. If you had different information than what's been readily available, then yeah, that would have been nice. But uh, no, I just thought it was because. Like I said, last year when we were doing the preview for the show, we were, you know, yeah. everybody was getting quotes. Hey, we've sold out this, we're sold out that, or we're just, you know, reinvigorated the, the wrestling scene in St. Louis and da that, and yada, 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 and this and this and this. And yeah, it, it's been crickets uh, for this show. So that leads me to believe that uh, things are probably not going very well. So,
1: no, yeah, you no, know, they're not. But um, I, and I think that what, what that tells us is what Billy Corgan has to do is really decide um you know how much is this tyrus exposure on fox news worth at this point because um you know i i get the idea in in on paper of okay tyrus is gonna appear on you know gut what's the name of that show gutfeld or gutfield Uh, you're asking
2: the wrong guy about Um, (laughs) what show tyrus appears on but
1: it's some, but he's on that one a lot. Yes, okay. Whatever it's called, Drake Gutfield or I don't know if his name is Gutfield or Gutfield, the guy that hosts the show. Um, but he's on that show as a guest a lot. He does guest spots on other Fox shows, and these Fox shows do do a ton of like total viewers. Okay, check the charts. Uh, you know, on a, on a, on a weekly basis, on any day of the week, and these Fox cable shows are, and, and Tyrus is frequently a guest on a lot of these shows. And on paper, you could see where you might think, all right, well. If this guy, you know, throws the NWA television title over his shoulder and appears on all of these shows and gives us all this exposure, maybe it'll help our business. And, um, you know, I I would be skeptical from the standpoint that the the Fox News viewership is some of the oldest skewing viewership on cable. And I'm not sure that, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny or cute about it, but I'm not sure that, you know, 65 and 70 year old people are going to be running to their fight app to order the NWA seventy four pay per view this weekend. I mean, I just I'm dubious that uh, you know you're going to draw a lot of business from that crowd. I yeah,
2: mean, and it's it's something that like very often like doesn't actually like people kind of assume that there's like this osmosis thing that happens where you put and we, we've talked about this a lot with like celebrities in wrestling and wrestling and and so often they're used poorly, but in the inverse they're used poorly as well. Where like the idea that this guy just says hey I'm the NWA champion and s- suddenly like or he has the title around his shoulder. That people are now going to be tripping over themselves to go to slash fight, which they should absolutely do uh, to order this show. Like, what would, why why would they do that? Here's Tyrus talking about some bullshit on Gutfeld or whatever. What's compelling them to go, oh my God, I got to see this guy, I got to, I got to order this pay per view? (laughs) Like, what, what, you know, especially with that viewership and whatnot, it's just, it's, it's this weird thing where that people just assume, well, here's a popular person doing a popular thing. Well, okay, that's good. That'll just result No, it like there has to be something tangible. There has to be a reason to get people to want to watch it. They just don't decide one day that they saw a guy with a title and said, Ah, I have to watch this thing that this guy is on. It doesn't and the same thing well, happens when I there's did. celebrities in wrestling. Like they'll bring in ex-celebrity and people just assume, oh, well, everybody that likes ex-celebrities thing, like all right, it's you know, hit random artists, it's a random musical artist. Oh, everybody that's that's a fan of that musical artist is now going to watch Raw. Why? What well, they're just going to watch, listen to the music they're already listening to. What would possess them right. to watch Raw? Or they're going to get the clip on TikTok or they're going to get the clip on YouTube and go, Oh, Harry, here, here's the musician I like on this show. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. Very few people are going to go, Well, now I know what I'm doing on Monday. I'm watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> like that, it doesn't usually happen that way. What works with celebrities in wrestling is is if they get involved in physical things, if they get involved in sporting things. Mike Tyson worked because it's Mike fucking Tyson. And you thought, hey, Mike Tyson's going to beat up Stone Cold Steve Austin or get involved in a fight or get involved in a match. That's kind of cool. That's kind of fun. Floyd Mayweather, same deal. Hey, here's a guy that's in the sporting world that's going to get involved. Mr. T, another great example. Hey, here's a true badass in Mr. T, and he's going to get involved in this wrestling match. All right, that's cool. It just doesn't happen by having a popular person on a popular thing that all of a sudden that's going to work. And in this case, you have a not popular person on a popular thing and it's not working clearly. Like people aren't compelled. The gut filled uh, uh, viewers are not compelled now to check out the NWA just because he's there with the title. It doesn't mean a thing to him.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I think the idea is, you know, if, if Tyrus gets over on these Fox shows with the Fox viewers, then maybe they'll be like, ah, yeah, let me. Let me check out what he does for his day job. You know, he's always he always has this pro wrestling title and he's talking about. But based on the ticket sales for these shows, which he's they they went with him as the main event headliner challenging for the NWA world title. It has to be chalked up as an experiment that did not work. So um, I think Billy Corgan has to take a long look at that. It hasn't helped sell any tickets. And then at that point, he has to take a look at, well, how many people is Tyrus pushing away from my product? Okay. In that people don't like that he's on Fox News and don't like that he had the sexual harassment allegations um, and, and see that as a turnoff. And that's the reason that they're not watching the NWA because, okay. If Billy Corgan had two straight nights of packed houses this weekend and Tyrus, you know, was on top and helped draw these houses and you've got Fox News viewers buying wrestling tickets, you could maybe overlook the other stuff. But he's not helping to sell any tickets. And you have this vocal pack of fans who don't like the fact that you're employing him to begin with for whatever reason that they might have, you know, personally, whether it's the sexual harassment allegations or whether it's the fact that he's a conservative or any of this other stuff. Well, now what does this guy bring to the table? Right. He's also other than fucking atrocious.
2: Are... He's also an and, atrocious professional right. wrestler.
1: And that was the third thing I was going to bring up because, <laughs> yeah. you know, from that standpoint, he's not adding anything. He's only subtracting. And then like you just said, he's also a horrendous wrestler. So he's not helping the on screen bell to bell product either because he's terrible at his job. So, at this point, if he didn't help sell any tickets, and if the pay per view doesn't do well, now look—if I'm wrong—and all of these octogenarian, you know, Fox News viewers who are you know, watching reverse mortgage commercials, uh, you know,
0: during <laughs> collectible
1: coins.
2: Yeah, they're thinking, ah, you know what? I do need some Buffalo nickels. <laughs> you
1: know? And if you think they're all going to find fight on their over the top, <laughs> yeah, I can
2: barely videos, order shit on fight.
1: Okay, now look, if I'm proven wrong and all these people, you know, rush out to Best Buy to pick up a fucking, you know, fire stick and download the fight (laughs) app to watch Tyrus, you're laughing because it's preposterous. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's absolutely absurd. Okay, he's not drawing any money. We tried it. I can understand the mindset. It did not work. It's time to pull the plug because he's not providing any positive benefit. If he was a great wrestler, or something. You can maybe say all right, well at least he's a great wrestler. But he sucks at that. Like he's a terrible wrestler. So if he doesn't help sell any tickets and he doesn't draw any money and he's terrible in the ring and he's shrouded in controversy and actively pushing some customers away, what are we doing here? Right. Like right. at that point, why? Like at the, like I have never been what a lot of people all along have been saying Fuck Tyrus, get rid of this guy. And I've always been like, eh, what harm is he doing? Is it, there's no harm in maybe potentially drawing some viewers, like, because he was in the mid card. But now you're putting him in the main event and he's not drawing? Well, now we know that he's useless. So now I, from a business standpoint, I'm like, yeah, just there's no there's no point of this anymore. It's a failure. And it's a failure.
2: I don't know if you were aware, too, but he he released a book earlier this year. And I think it sold, like, tremendously well. Like, very, very well. So, again, I see where, like, Billy might. But, again, I think the people that are buying those books don't really give a shit about. They're not
1: going to guess. And they're not the demo that's going to be. Right. That can even be tempted. Okay, look. If Tyrus was appearing every week on ESPN and was doing guest spots on Pardon the Interruption and Around the Horn and, you know, fucking first take there might be more value in that because that's more of a Venn diagram of people who might want to sample a wrestling. Right.
2: And that's that was my point earlier with the Mike Tyson's and yeah. the the Mr. T's and the, you know, yeah, Mr. T was more of like, but he was an action. I mean, that he was a badass at the time. If you don't remember when the A-team was was it, it, it wasn't sport, but it was a different it wasn't. You know, there, there was people thought he was a legit badass dude, and he was. I mean, fucking look at him. He's Mr. T, and he was a he was legit dude. He he knew how to fight. He he had, had a background in, in 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 bouncing or what I forget exactly what his background was, but he did. You know, I mean, he was a true badass. Like it was translatable to people that would be interest interested in the simulated sport. Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, those sort of guys, those are the ones that usually draw the most eyeballs are those guys, the guys that are involved tangentially in sports. So, yeah, if Tyrus was in there and, and on ESPN and, and yeah, you can get people that say, yeah, right, yeah. But, no, you're talking, yeah, you got 82-year-old Fox News viewers who are, I don't know, are they? Right,
1: and and you just said his book sold well, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And, and look. believe it's still, on... uh, just
2: look, still number one bestseller in wrestling, by the way.
1: Okay, so he's got the number one bestseller in wrestling. Um, what are you looking on, Amazon? Uh, on doesn't Amazon, really matter, yes, yeah. Okay, so he's got the number one wrestling book on Take Amazon. Take that,
2: Brian Gwertz.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he he very clearly has gotten over on Fox News because they wouldn't put him on TV every night if he didn't. So he has gotten over with the Fox News crowd. His book is selling. He's on TV every night. But those people clearly are not buying wrestling tickets, and they're not going to buy a wrestling pay-per-view. if if he were getting over on ESPN, that might be a different story because those are sports fans and those are younger people who might say, ah, you know what? You know, I'm watching this Tyrus guy argue with Stephen A. Smith and Mad Dog on first take every Wednesday. He's gotten over with me. Maybe I'll check out his wrestling match this week. That is far more likely than the people watching Fox News. There's no value in this. None. And we, we now have the proof because they tried it and it bombed. You know, so um, they, they, to me, I would just pull the plug at this point. He's held the television title for over a year because, again, they they think there's value in him holding that title on TV, yeah. on Fox News. Okay. Now he's getting a world title shot and he's the babyface. Like Trevor Murdoch is working heel. Yeah.
2: In this <laughs> I know.
1: It's... And Tyrus, the, <laughs> the, the goal hold angle. Face. The go home angle they did with him—he was starting to lean babyface. Like they're both kind of shades of gray, but it's very clear you're supposed to think Tyrus is the protagonist here, and, and 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 Trevor Murdoch's been working with an edge. He turned on the Pope, you know. He's he's a heel now, or at least for this match he is. So Billy has gone all in on this idea that I think Tyrus has a chance to win the match. I think he might win the NWA World Title. Yep. Harley Race. Rick Flair, <laughs> Ruth Dez. Okay? And
2: they could all kiss my ass no sorry.
1: Dusty Rhodes. Nick Aldous and Tyrus. <laughs> and Tyrus. Yeah. Okay?
2: Dan I mean, Severin. There's,
1: there's a chance he wins this. I really believe that. You know, and it, it's uh it's 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 you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you have to look at it from a business perspective and, and say it's time to pull the plug on this idea. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll all drive their campers out to St. Louis this weekend, <laughs> and uh, and buy and walk up and do some walk up business. With it's a the big walk up business. Yeah,
2: they're they're wrestling at the chase. They may have. Been, I mean, most of them were alive when wrestling at the chase was a big deal. So, um... literal
1: walk like on walkers. Walk up <laughs> business, like literal walkers. I mean. I, you know, have your handicapped seating ready for, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for the, the, influx, <laughs> the influx of senior us. citizens that are about to come to this. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, the last ticket report I saw was abysmal. I mean, we're talking like I don't even know if they've sold trickle, triple figure tickets Man. to each night. So, um, it, you know, yeah. So the Tyrus headlining thing has not worked. And, you know, I can't I don't know if this is officially why they did it. But They did this whole storyline where Nick Aldis was kind of taken out of that match because he's <laughs> he's yeah. doing this he's doing this work shoot feud with the company. Yeah, with,
2: always good uh, if you if you have an opportunity to do a work shoot, you got to do it because they always work uh, almost all the time. So yeah, good idea to do another work shoot. Great, love
1: it. So that's why Tyrus is in the match to begin with, but then very late in the game, they added a Nick Aldis versus Flip Gord match to the to the pay per view, which I suspect. Is to help because the show is flopping badly at the gate, has zero buzz, and Nick Aldis. I mean, you know, people can laugh all they want, but he's their biggest star outside of Cardona, right? So, yeah. At this point, it has to be all hands on deck. Fuck it. Fuck the angle. We got to put him on the show.
2: Right. 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 We need. I mean to. God, man. I mean, that, that's dire. Get- that when you're saying we need Nick Aldis to sell tickets, and I'm I'm looking at their tickets right now for night one. Oh, man. There are it's, a lot you. of full rows that are available. A yeah. lot of full rows that are available. Pretty much and, every third, or shit, in some cases, second row. Uh There's definitely a complete third row that's 100% available. There's a second row that's available. Uh The f- ringside seats are pretty much gone. I think there's a few little bits here and there. That is, that's a dire graph. Oh, man. Wow.
1: So, I mean, I suspect the oldest Flip Gordon match was added just out of sheer desperation to try to push any tickets or any pay-per-view buys for this thing. I mean, you do have Cardona, but he, he doesn't even have an opponent. They're doing a mystery opponent for Cardona, which I don't think helps. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think this thing is going to do horrendous pay-per-view business just based on the idea that nobody wants to see Tyrus in the main event. Um, whether, you know, put the politics aside, um, because, you know, Republicans buy wrestling pay-per-views too. You could put that aside. It, like you said, he's a terrible wrestler. So nobody wants to see Tyrus. Right. In the main wrestling main
2: fans don't want to watch him. And that, the, the most important right. demographic wrestling exactly. fans don't want to watch the guy.
1: Right. And you're going to have your hardcore leftists who are going to be opposed to watching him anyway, whether he was good or not. So it's like, this is just a disaster. And it was a failure. And it was a miscalculation and it didn't work but now they're stuck so i'm curious what they do in the aftermath and and how the tyrus push looks after the show i mean if he's booked to win the title i would without question reverse course on that how can you not there's no excitement around this you're not selling any tickets if he wins the title on whatever day his match is, Sunday, I guess, I mean, that's a fucking disaster. How can you go through with that? But I, I guess we'll see.
2: Yeah, we'll find out. I'm not... uh really not uh, ambitious. Let me see if night two, ticket-wise, looks any better than night one. Joe, it does not.
1: <laughs> it appears... And that is night, I believe. Yeah, that's it's
2: worse, night. actually. It looks like there's more tickets available for uh, night two. Well, so. because
1: the, the Camille match is more... It's, the yeah, if I'm a wrestling fan, of-
2: I'd rather go to Night One. I mean, honestly, like we'll, we'll talk about these two cards here in a minute, but yeah, I, I think Night One's a little bit better, honestly, to me. So,
1: but they're both bombing horribly. Yeah,
2: they look they look awful. So,
1: how what what date are your, are your charts up to date or? Uh, to
2: I know I just went to Ticketmaster.com and straight up tried to, oh, try to okay. buy a ticket. Well, I just went to go buy a ticket. More
1: to, no, more <laughs> and it gave me
2: that. the options to buy, and there were uh, very few gray dots and a lot of blue dots. That's that's all I'll say. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's probably about 100 tickets sold for both nights, right? Like,
2: uh, I could count it up if you really wanted me to, but... but you I, have to
1: remember, too, a lot of the unavailable tickets are seats that they didn't put for sale because they haven't... Like, okay, if you notice, at least the last time I looked at the chart, there'll be like four or five rows in a row where the where the last four seats in the row are all unavailable to buy. That's because they're not even for sale. It's right. not because someone bought them. There's that, too. Like, it, it, there's. I'm telling you, there's a disgusting lack of tickets sold for this show, is my point. It, for these shows. It's, it's gross. And I think, you know, it's not all Tyrus. I will say this. Last year, there was the novelty of returning to St. Louis and doing the shows at the Chase. And as we know in wrestling, nostalgia will work once. And doing a novelty like that will work once. Where's the novelty in everybody coming back for that a second time, you know, the next year? Like you can only return to the chase one time. Like now it's just another show because you already did the big return to the chase last year, right? So I don't think these shows would have done as well as last year's shows, even if it wasn't Tyrus in the main event. But what I'm saying is Tyrus isn't helping at all. That's that's my point here. Right? Nah, absolutely not. It's not that I'm saying. He is so repellent that these would have been sellouts because you can only return to the chase once. You don't have the same novelty factor you had last year. And the NWA is ice cold. Okay, and look, they were never red hot. But last year they were certainly and I hate even to use the word a hotter product than they are this year. This year, it's it's beyond ice cold. It,
2: it, it was two weeks ago when you said, hey, we got to cover the 74th. And I was just like, oh, God, I, it, no way. There's no way it's it's coming up as quick as it is. Uh, you were a week off. You thought, oh, my God, it's coming up this week. And you said, oh, I know, actually, it's next week. But like the idea that like I I had no idea and you sort of kind of had an idea that it was coming. I mean, the, no buzz. Zero buzz for these shows. And there was tangible buzz last year. I mean, it, it wasn't. Maybe it was just in our little circle or whatever, but no, those shows, like, they sold well, and there was you know, things going out, and there were quotes around, and there was things, and people were definitely, yeah, it, it, they were they were shows that felt like they had some juice and some life to them, and these feel like they have absolutely zero. I mean, just nothing. Nothing. Colder last than ice. Weekend, colder than ice for these.
1: Last year's weekend had a tangible buzz relative to the NWA. Right. That's the point. Like, people were like, oh, they're going back to the chase. That's interesting. That's cool. You know, and the tickets sold instantly. They had they over the course of the three days, I forget what the number was. They did a gigantic gate based on that. And, um you know, th- there was buzz relative to a promotion that size, without question. It's all gone. Because the last couple seasons of Power have been dreadful beyond belief. The show is awful. Unwatchable. And... Any cachet that the, the the Lightning One era of the NWA had is long gone. They had a nice little niche going when Power first rolled out and it aired on the same night as AEW Dark and it was different. It was the studio show. You know, that era of things, Tim Storm, Ricky Starks, Nick Aldis, uh, Eddie Kingston, you know. People were interested in it to, you know, a certain extent, you know, and that feels like it was a million years ago and it was only like three years ago and and now it, it, it feels like you could have told me that was 20 years ago. no one cares about this promotion anymore No're
2: we're, we're, we're the last of a dying breed here unfortunately so uh, yeah let's let's talk about these shows here. So we'll start out with the first uh, this is on the August 27th. Uh, thirteen matches for you on night one, Joe. So I hope you're excited to watch each and every one of those. Again, all of these available uh, on fights, but you're gonna want to use that exclusive link: voicesofwrestling.com/slash/fights. So when you order the the premium package, the the, the two night package, you'll get a, a, a little discount, and we'll get a little back uh, as well. So use voicesofwrestling.com/slash/fight. Ah, uh, to order these shows. All right, three pre-match shows. Joe, the Country Gentleman versus Gold Rush.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Jordan Clearwater and... and at Billy's
2: favorite Marché Rocket. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs>
2: I love Marché Rocket, and that man will always have a job as long as Billy's got a promotion. Marche Rocket will have a job so and they're part of
1: Austin Idols little
2: group. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And the country gentleman is uh AJ Kazana uh was it Kazana and then Anthony Andrews. Um, I know yeah. I don't I know very little about the country uh gentleman. I can't believe this is on the pre-show. This is I i was looking forward to this match. Uh Luke Hawks versus VSK.
1: You were not looking forward to this match. I kind of like
2: I I I unironically really enjoy Luke Hawks in NWA and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean and VSK is fine.
1: It's it's one of the better matches on paper. That's what I'm two.
2: saying. Like I'm I'm trust me, Joe, when I'm gonna read this card. When when I have to be excited for something if I'm gonna sit down and watch this card. Let me tell you that Luke Hawks and VSK is near the top of that list, all right? Uh the Pope versus Rodney Mack, not on the top of my list. Very, very low on my list.
1: Well, I'm shocked that this is on the pre show because this has been a pretty heavily pushed program on power so they did the whole deal where uh where trevor murdoch turned on pope a few weeks ago on tv and now they're doing this deal where rodney mack is accompanied to the ring by aaron stevens and rodney mack is kind of a reluctant i don't want to say it's a baby face with a heel manager but it's kind of like a reluctant heel with a heel manager that kind of deal um you know and they did the big angle with with tyrus a couple uh uh, two weeks ago with uh, aaron stevens and tyrus and that was kind of tyrus sort of turning babyface so this is a weird match to be on the pre-show because it's with two guys who are who are pushed pretty hard on the tv so this didn't make a lot of sense to me that it's on the pre-show but i don't know maybe they'll do an angle or something because aaron stevens is still doing the thing where he's allegedly retired but we all know he's gonna he's not really retired and he's gonna wrestle again um Anyway, this is all so boring. Let's let's move <laughs> I'm on.
2: I'm falling asleep. <laughs> <you> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of falling asleep, Chris Adonis versus Odinson
1: is on our uh Well, it's uh this is two guys who are really put together. They uh you know, they got nice physiques. Mm, yeah.
2: Uh Matt Cardona
1: versus to
2: be announced.
1: <laughs> he's, the gimmick is he's now fully healed. he's okay. So you he's... know he's always he's always ready, Matt right. Cardona? Yes. So his gimmick on the TV is, I'm almost ready, because he's coming back <laughs> from his uh, injury. And uh, he's picking his own opponent. So that's the gimmick here. So we'll see who his opponent is on the uh, his return match. And remember, he never lost that NWA world title in the ring. No, he didn't. So, yeah.
2: Uh, actually, honestly, earnestly, one of the best parts of NWA is Matt Cardona. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, EC3. Yes, that EC3 versus Matthew Mims.
1: Uh, you know, the the Control Your Narrative guys are probably looking for work. Well, I'm not trying to do shtick here, but...
2: Uh, Joe, I don't know if you saw, but uh, one Adam Shear, Adam the Titan, said that uh, they have big investors. They have hundreds of dollars, these big
1: investors. So And yet know. they canceled all their shows. So. <laughs>
2: did you see that tweet that he had?
1: Yes, I did. He's like, <laughs> he
2: said, our, our investors have hundreds of dollars, and it's like... That's yeah. not that much. <laughs> like, I it's have like, hundreds of dollars too. It's not a lot. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, very, very funny typo for sure. Yeah, I
2: wouldn't would. brag about having hundreds of dollars. That's yeah, not, that's not good. So yeah, this is, he's gonna use all of Daddy's money that he worked for. Actually, he didn't even work for it. <laughs> what are you doing? It went on like three different tangents. It's only like two. It's only like hundred fifty characters, but they went on like three tangents. I loved it. Adam the Titan. Uh, good stuff here. The miserably faithful. Yes, Judas Sal the Pal and Gags the Gimp versus the Ill Begotten. We should have done a gimmick for this, mm. but I mean, I would have known, and you would have known. I guess that wouldn't have worked. Uh, I mean, I watch the it. gimmick is you now can figure out if we are actually saying real matches and real names, uh, and if these are actually what the NWA is presenting this week on the NWA seventy fifth anniversary or seventy fourth anniversary. So, uh,
1: well, it's a Bezelbub Bedlam match.
2: It is a Beezle-Bub-Bemble match. Uh, tell me all about the Beezle Bub Bedlam match. What 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 is that uh that type of match?
1: Well, I you know, I watch the TV every week, Rich, so,
2: <laughs> so you would know. <sighs> what have really Beezle <laughs> Bedlam matches? So.
1: They haven't really told us what it oh. is, so right. I can't stand the ill begotten. It's just the worst Faction of fucking Danny Deals has such no weight
2: with this. Yeah, I forgot to tell you I, who the uh the ill-begotten was for the people listening at home. Uh it's Alex Taylor, Jeremiah Plunkett, and Danny Deals with a Z. I
1: cannot stand Danny Deals. He just has Baby's one first of those,
2: territory manager, is what he is. Just you know He's
1: one of those wrestling personalities who just is so off-putting to me in all the wrong ways. I just I I can't stand his presence. Um I I I Legitimately hate Danny Beals, <laughs> and Jeremiah Plunkett is such a just a frumpy like nothing. Yeah, the, the whole ill begotten thing. I just, <laughs> it's so it's just bad. so NWA. It's Wait, just... so
2: you watch the show and you don't know what a Beisel Bub Bedlam match is?
1: <laughs> well, they didn't tell us what it was. I don't know. Uh,
2: well, I guess tune in. Go to the, yeah, if yeah, you're in the St. St. Louis stuff. area, go to the Chase Ballroom or tune in this uh, this Saturday to find out what the Beisel Bub. Uh, it says here uh, in hell anything goes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it, Father James Mitchell's involved. It's yeah, gonna. So
2: fucking... it sucks. <laughs> it's probably how it's gonna go. Uh, this will get the juices flowing. Tables match. Everybody loves tables. We want tables. We want tables. A common chant in professional wrestling. Joe. Well, they're gonna get some tables here as Mike Knox battles Bully Ray.
1: Well, I mean, the idea is that Bully Ray is going to go on his nationally broadcast radio show every day and plug the pay-per-view. So, I understand what they're doing on paper here. Um, uh, He's undoubtedly reaching, you know, more wrestling fans than Tyrus is on Fox News. I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, worth a shot to book Bully Ray on this thing. So, I get it. I mean, um, and they did shoot an angle for this and everything, so... I mean, I can't really kill them for this match. No, it's, and, and,
2: I, and Bully, for what it's... I mean, it's not a personality that I like to listen to or, or, or care to see anything that he said. But, like, people do. Like, people... They, he still has cachet. I don't know why, but he still has cachet. So, I get this one. All, all jokes aside, like, if I'm NW and I'm desperate to sell any fucking tickets and my, my the pick of my litter is pretty horrific wrestlers, uh, Bully is not the worst pick you know I, I'm not booking him for my indie I'll tell you that but uh for what NWA is trying to do he's he's not the worst uh person to bring in
1: I mean so. he's on busted open every day and right
2: right and he's got I mean he's got a Twitter personality that people listen to he's on busted open he's he still has name cachet so I mean I get it it's just yeah now we have to watch Bully Ray versus Mike Knox in it
1: I mean in all honesty match. he should have, in, in all honesty he should have Tyrus's spot
2: yeah probably yeah
1: I mean I, I the, the, the problem is he probably doesn't want to do it and The other thing is, he probably cost a lot more. So, you know, you know, so we can't just compare it apples to apples. But because he's got himself a nice cushy little life, you know, going to a radio studio every day, you know, probably a ten-minute subway ride from wherever the hell he lives, and, um, you know, but it's not like the NWA is strenuous work. They tape whatever it is four or five times a year. You do you know four or five pay per views a year. It's it's not that many dates. But he probably comes with added cost and and you know, there's probably other factors. But all I'm saying is is all things being equal, like he should have Tyrus a spot. It would work it would be far more beneficial to them if he was in Tyrus' spot.
2: Uh the Commonwealth Connection, this is your NWA world tag team title match You're the Commonwealth Connection, Doug Williams and Harry Smith versus La Rebellion here. So uh
1: They've had these, these two teams, I've <laughs> seen them have a good match.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: So, I mean, this has a chance to be the best match of the two nights. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, and, and they've had a program going for a while now, ever since Crockett Cup. So, this is like one match I can't really make fun of.
2: No, no, no. I, this I, might legitimately be a good match. So, we'll see.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's well built and, you know. Didn't didn't Harry Smith sign with WWE or my ma- or my? Uh, that was a,
2: there was a brief period where he did, but no, I don't think he is right now. No,
1: no, no. Like again, like Triple H signed him. Uh
2: no, I think you had that. Uh, that was a dream you must have had. I don't think that is true.
1: All right, I could definitely be wrong about that, but I, I yeah, thought I, I read don't think
2: so. Then... No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, unless you have a scoop on the big Harry Smith signing, but uh, no, no, I thought on. I
1: read that. On, I thought I read that. No, no, a... no. Okay, all right, then yeah, all right, that's fine.
2: Uh, NWA National Championship. There's so many fucking titles in this company. Why yeah, are there so great. many titles and, and that nobody could more. possibly care about? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. The best part about it, too, is the ironic thing is, and, and you know, Dave Logano, when he's, you know, they were getting this NWA thing started up, like his goal was to have, l- like, the fewest amount of titles possible. His goal yeah. was to collect all these NWA titles that are all floating all over the place and get rid of, like, almost all of them and just have a couple titles. And now this show has, like, nine titles. It's absurd. I'll, I'll tell
1: you what. What we're learning here, I'll say this about Billy Corgan: when when he gave Dave Lagana creative power, it was very clear that he was mostly hands off because their visions couldn't be any more polar opposite. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, because I, I had always heard, oh, you know, Billy gives his suggestions. Billy is definitely hands on, but when it comes to the vision of the product. Dave Lagana's vision and Billy Corgan's vision and, you know, Pat Kenny, throw him in there, because it's Corgan and Pat Kenny. That's Simon Diamond, if you don't know. Couldn't be more diametrically opposed. <laughs> yeah. It's they're completely different visions of what this these promotions should be. So obviously, Corgan trusted Dave Lagana because it was just felt and looked and everything was completely different when Lagana was in control. And the most glaring thing, as you note, is now everybody has a fucking... There's... there's what is there's like a ten or eleven titles in this? There
2: company is the now. NWA World's Women's Championship. There's the NWA uh, World Junior Heavyweight Title. There's the NWA National Heavyweight Title. There's the NWA uh, World Tag Team Titles, uh, and then there's the United States <laughs> Tag Team Titles, Women's
1: Tag Team Titles.
2: Yeah, Women's Tag Team Titles, and on this show you also have the MLW Title up for line. That's in the in and, that two, and NWA the World Title. Yeah, and, and the NWA World Title, of course.
1: Yeah. So,
2: what's that one? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight titles that I count here. That's too many
1: for this size, and, of a and
2: none of them matter. <laughs> One of those titles matter at all. So, uh, anyway, yeah,
1: the, yeah, it's it's it. Yeah, it's a mess.
2: Uh, the national heavyweight title. It's Jackson versus Scion.
1: Yeah, just a couple of NWA Mick Carter's mixing it up, <laughs>
2: mixing it up for the yeah. NWA National Heavyweight Title, uh, World Junior Heavyweight Title. This one I'm actually uh, this one might be okay. Uh, homicide defending his title against Kerry Morton.
1: This could be okay. I mean, yeah. Homicide isn't what he was. Uh, Kerry Morton is a very okay. What Kerry Morton is, if you haven't seen him, is exactly what you think that uh, Ricky Morton's son that he trained would wrestle like. And I mean it as a compliment. He's very traditional. Everything he does makes sense. Um, and he's a nice, easy watch. So I'm interested how these two will, will mesh. But it should be an interesting match. I'm interested in this match.
2: Uh, next one here is the Burke Invitational Gauntlet Match for the NWA Worlds Women's Championship match on night two. You got Samantha Stark, Kylin King, Tootie Lynn, Missa Kate, Max the Impaler, Maddie Renkowski, Angelina Love, Genocide, uh, Natalia Markova, and Taryn Terrell. All the stars are out.
1: So the winner gets a shot at...
2: The winner um, of the Camille, the winner of our main event, I guess, if you want to do a short transition. Do you have hot takes on the gauntlet, the Burke Invitational gauntlet? No. Okay, I well, then that, uh, we'll move on to the uh, World Women's Championship match. Camille defending against Taya Valkyrie.
1: Yeah, and then the winner of that faces the Burke winner yes. on night two. Correct. Which, I mean, Camille, Taya Valkyrie, they brought in, you know, a name opponent. And Camille legitimately is a main eventer, is a main event level wrestler in this company. It's not just, you know... Uh, let's just call the women's title the main event. No, she's a legitimate main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's
2: she's pretty awesome. I mean, she's been the one of the best things about the N.W.A. Uh, since this entire re. You know, it, for sure. I mean, she's great. She's great.
1: She's very. She very often has the best match. Yeah, on the yeah, show.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: And. I, I think Taya Valkyrie stinks. Like I think she's really, really bad. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I'm with you too. Um, I think she's pretty horrendous. We've talked about this before and it's starting to I, people are starting to be there was all this while where we kinda of pretended that she was really good for some reason, but like yeah, more and more the groundswell is is kinda of going towards the Yeah, maybe she's not. Maybe she's not.
1: So good. I think it'll be a challenge to have a a great match with her, but it but I don't think it's impossible. Um but if I had to bet, I would say that the Commonwealth Connection versus La Rebellion match would be the best match on, uh, on night one. Depending, you know, I mean, Cardona, even if he has a good opponent, Cardona's going to do his shtick. He's not going out there to have four star matches. So. And I, I don't trust Taya Valkyrie to have a great match, so I would go with the tag title match. Anyway, on tonight too.
2: On tonight too. Yes, we'll go through this one. A pre-show match: Angelina Love versus Taryn Terrell. So that. My God,
1: uh, cover the children's Jesus eyes! Christ. How bad is that going to
2: be? You have all those people there, and those are the people you decide that to bring back. Like,
1: I watched a uh, episode of Power the other day, and it opened up with a with a tag match with Angelina Love, <laughs> and um, she she blew it was a cold open the match starts she does three spots she blows all three spots and tags out and i'm just I'm thinking I'm sure they to myself, were intricate
2: i'm sure it was poison rana uh, yeah it's yeah, definitely a you know an ass cutter from the top rope but you know it's tough i'm sure they were big spots so
1: and i actually reviewed this behind the paywall in my last random tv reviews so people can read all about me you know, destroying the match but it's like why air that like the rest <laughs> right, of the match don't have to air that the rest of the match too like it was an atrocious irredeemably bad dud like less than zero stars it was a legitimate dud match one of the worst matches you'll see all year why do you air it I don't <laughs> understand that don't air it air something else it doesn't make sense to me why you'd put that on your TV
2: I think what's also weird too and I'm trying to confirm this is like I don't think Taryn Terrell like wrestles anywhere else right
1: she's an NWA regular that's just okay where she... so she
2: last wrestled
1: Plies her trade.
2: Yes, she, yeah. by NWA regular it means literally that's the only place she plies her trade. So
1: it's the only place she works. Yeah. She
2: didn't work from 2017 to 2021. Yeah, uh, came back, did a did two shots in June for NWA. Did the NWA 73 pre-show, then did an episode of Power in September. So obviously that was at the Chase. All filmed during the same weekend. Uh, February she popped up one time to face Camille on an episode of Power and then she faced Taya Valkyrie on in June for
1: Power and then nothing Rich, else. Rich, your then. point is your point that Terrence Terrell isn't any good and never well, Yes,
2: I'm just wondering yeah. why we need to book her among I mean if you want to bring in Taryn Terrell to say hey, Taryn Terrell's on the show, I don't know what that's worth, but okay, like I maybe if you're going to do a pre-show match and it's going to feature Angelina Love that you can maybe put someone that's not, you know, Oh, whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. She's she's a regular. She comes to all the tapings. I don't know what you want from me here, yeah. Rich. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. She's I, she works on promotion, but uh, all she's, right. a, she's a television name, and they employ her. Yeah. So there we go. All
2: right, let's get to two the...
1: two hot women will be on the pre-show, and I guess they want <laughs> dudes to get boners and then order the show. I don't know what else to give you.
2: <laughs> That's the best you could do, I guess. Yeah. Um Anyway, Nick Aldis versus Flip Gordon. That's on night two. That, that's the one that's the sell tickets match. So there you go. You got that. A match that I earnestly am excited for. Colby Carino versus Caprice Coleman.
1: I mean, I saw Caprice wrestle on this week's power. He's, you know, he's in his 40s, I think, but he still looks good. Um, you know, and Colby Carino's a guy that's always going to give you a 100% effort. This has a chance to be one of the better matches of the weekend. Now, it might only go four or five minutes based on card placement. But we'll see. I mean, I think it'll be watchable.
2: Uh Tom Latimer versus Judas. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is
1: like a TNA match oh from 2013 God. or something. Uh, you know.
2: Oh my God, it's Murphy versus
1: like what are we yeah. doing here?
2: That's who it. wanted who wanted Bram versus Murphy? <laughs> Ever.
1: Garrett Kidney wanted that. Garrett Kidney no, he
2: wanted. didn't. I'm positive he didn't.
1: He wants Bram versus no, Murphy. No, in, in,
2: in six years, you've got to be kidding me, he's going to cover the Murphy era. And he's no, he doesn't want Bram versus Murphy. I'm positive of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Want I don't it. think Liam wants it. I don't think Garrett wants it. I don't think I even want Bram versus Murphy. Uh, what about
1: what about Big Dog? He wants it. <laughs> the
2: bark of the dog is probably, yeah. I wonder, is he barking this week or no? Because I bet he's pretty excited about this show.
1: I mean, what about Talon? Does does Talon from TNA Asylum want this match? Murphy versus Bram? <laughs>
2: Murphy versus Bram. <laughs> Good lord. Uh Mercurio versus Magic Jake Dumas.
1: So Mercurio is the former Earl Cooter slash Brian Idol. Okay. Um so you're working like a faux the,
2: lucha gimmick here?
1: No. Oh, okay. the the you know, the, the New York area guy who rents everybody his ring. And his wrestling license, that guy, you know, you know. <laughs> oh Alfred. yeah, I'm well aware. So he uh, is doing an Italian gimmick. Oh, an Italian
2: that's what the curio is. Oh, nice. Does he come but out to he... like, doo, 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 like the violin? Well, you know, or... I'm,
1: I'm. Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh, okay, right? because you think, all right. He's doing an Italian gimmick. Maybe he comes out like the FBI and ECW to like fly me to the moon by Yeah, Prince yeah, Sinatra right, right, right. It's
2: either like the yeah, it's either like the little like the violin or whatever, or yeah, it's it's okay, all right.
1: Or maybe like uh, you know, maybe like the Godfather theme. Maybe yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. gangster or something.
2: Or um, you know, Vinnie Massaro. He comes out. You know, he's got the the a, a the slice of pizza. pizza slice.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, none of those things. What? No, he's he's doing. He's an Italian man. Okay. But he just looks like Brian Idol with the long hair and the same tights.
2: <laughs> okay. Cool. That <laughs> sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> As for Magic Jake Dumas, yeah,
2: yeah, we can talk about Magic Jake Dumas.
1: No relation to Richard Dumas of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. What about uh,
2: Amy Dumas? No. Yeah. No. No. No, no.
1: relation to Amy Dumas. I know the about Richard Dumas.
2: You want to talk about Richard Dumas
1: for the next? Hour? I would love to talk about Richard Dumas. His drug problems. Yeah. He overcame them. He got back in the NBA. Then he got on the stuff again. A it, it, total mess. Not good. Yeah. Um, I think
2: he is currently. I don't know if he's a, a free man right now. I don't know. I forget. But um,
1: yeah. Not good. And back. honestly. I, I can't confirm whether this man's related to either Amy or... <laughs>
2: yeah, Dumas, you don't know that. You don't know anything. I don't know. I magic don't know. Jake Dumas. Let me let me take a look at Magic Jake Dumas. But I know
1: Magic <laughs> Jake Dumas. Probably
2: let you know if he's related to Richard Dumas. No, he's not. Um, he does not. A, a I, I would go out on a limb. Oh, he is a magic man. Did you know that? He's got a top hat.
1: Yeah, well, well, you're not letting me explain okay, it. I'm
2: sorry. Go on. Go on. Go on.
1: So he does the magic gimmick. Much like Jariq 120, remember Jariq, <laughs> Jariq
2: 120 and Phantasmo? Okay. Yeah,
1: much like Jariq so, and
2: Phantasmo. Yeah, okay, all right.
1: He does the magic gimmick and he has an assistant. Yeah, Christy James. Is...
2: Christy James, I'm seeing that.
1: That's right. So, Magic Jake Dumas will be there with Christy James and they will. So, does will she do on. like the hot,
2: like magician assistant thing? Does she get sawed in half on, uh, on episodes of Power?
1: You know, I want her to get sawed in half, just like I wanted uh, whoever... Who was it? Candy Cartwright or something? Yeah, Candy Cartwright. The, they never sawed her in half. No, they never did. I wanted Evolve to saw the assistant in half. Yeah, uh, that and was I,
2: Jariq the Magic Man's uh, uh, assistant, yeah.
1: Yes, and I want Christy Janes to get sawed... Listen, if you have a magician and the hot assistant, you have to at some point saw her in half. Yeah, so
2: Otherwise, what's he doing? Is he just like pulling like, you know... Ribbon out of his pockets? Like, what kind of magic deck are we talking about?
1: What are we doing here? Saw her in half. <laughs> right. This is what I'm waiting for. So she, we paid she, to see. I'm
2: seeing she's got, like, the feathers and stuff. This is a good yeah. gimmick. I like this gimmick she's, a lot.
1: She's into it. She's into it. She's into the gimmick. Yeah. So, uh yeah, Mercurio, the fake Italian, who just looks like Brian Idol, against Well, do you know gimmick. that he's
2: a fake Italian? What if he's actually an Italian guy? You don't know that.
1: I mean... I guess, but he's got like the put-on accents. I'm offended by it personally.
2: <laughs> it's, it's about time the Italians I... start speaking up about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, geez, we're always the uh, the butt <laughs> of the jokes here.
2: You and magicians, curious. yeah. It's it's time that magicians and the Italians speak up. So. Yeah, these caricatures on this on this uh, media, you know. All right, we got D V Richards defending the MLW National Openweight Championship. If he shows up, which it's in St. Louis. I feel like he could probably show up, so we'll see. He's had some trouble making making towns lately, so we'll see what ends up happening with this night. But it's in St. Louis uh, versus Thrill Billy Silas Mason.
1: Well, did you see that he didn't come to West Coast Pro because he got bit by a patient? Did,
2: did he you see that? I did not see that. I gotta tell the so nurse he, about that. She's been bit many times.
1: I think it was the West Coast Pro show that he pulled out of the tournament. and Regardless, whether it was West Coast Pro or some other show, the reason he pulled out is because they were treating a patient, and the guy was like, I guess a fucking crazy guy or something, and he bit. him. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, happens very
2: often. Believe it or not, more than so he think. had
1: to get tested for all kinds of shit, and yeah. he didn't want to put anyone at risk. Okay, so he pulled well, all right,
2: I I, 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 I take back my uh, my slander of of one Davy Richards. So I apologize.
1: Yeah, and he, the, the, someone brought a sign to the show that said "fuck Davy Richards" because he no showed. And then he wrote a scathing notes app explanation. Oh, hell yeah. Saying, look, motherfucker, I got bit by a patient and I had, you know, and I didn't want to put anyone at risk. So have some class and stop bringing signs like that to shows where there's children and everything else. And then the guy apologized on Twitter. So, um, I think that was the West Coast Pro Show, though. Okay, yeah, uh, that, that would make sense. That we talked uh, about okay. last week.
2: So I've never seen Thrillbilly uh, before, but I think I'm going to like Thrillbilly, Styles Mason. If, if, Am I? Have you seen him before? I'm looking at videos, and I, I like the look.
1: Well, the thing about this is Davey Richards still hasn't won this title on TV.
2: <laughs>
1: when is that airing?
2: They're on a break. He's had this title for a long time already. What are we doing? Let me make sure
1: they're still on their break before 19 people in the chat. Are you sure?
2: Me. He won this thing in June. He taped
1: it in June. What? And then they went on a break. I don't think it, they've aired it. Oh, my Let God. Let me double check. <laughs> the,
2: MLW, so I'm, I was led to believe that the world of MLW never stops. So you're telling me it oh, stopped. It stops. it's been stopping for quite a while.
1: <laughs> no, King of Coliseum was a month ago. They haven't. They haven't had oh another episode god. of TV. Oh
2: my god! He won this thing June twenty third,
1: twenty twenty two. Yeah, but click and look at the air date. I don't think it aired yet. Battle riots. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't air. It, that did not air yet. Hmm. Hold on. That match. Let me double check. Um. <laughs> because they come back. They're on a break until. Uh,
2: I actually don't know how to find out when MLW airs or anything. so. But, uh.
1: oh, you can just look on their YouTube page. Their last show was a month ago. Okay. I, I thought they oh, were... Um,
2: for a while there, they weren't uploading their shows on YouTube. They're back?
1: No, no. They're back on YouTube, okay. yeah. So he won the title... Oh, on I the forgot June Stephanie 20-
2: ruined their, their TV deal. forgot about that. So.
1: Yeah, it was a June 23rd taping. And I'm almost positive that match didn't air yet. So... Anyway, he's defending it. So maybe <laughs> he
2: doesn't lose it because then
1: maybe he'll lose it before he uh <laughs> and,
2: and wins it, yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. I like that. I like when that happens. All right. So there's that. Uh <laughs> Jesus Christ, these shows. Uh oh God, I closed out of my
1: window <laughs> once. I got it. I got your back. Pretty empowered defend the women tag team titles against the Hex.
2: I'm excited so. about this match. Remember on the on the last show, I told you how much I loved Pretty Empowered. I thought they were. I good. don't know why
1: you're excited about this. This is gonna stink. Um, Pretty empowered. They're doing an angle on TV where they're like they're about to break up. So and they had a match this week on TV that got interrupted by another tag team and it turned it. Do you know they're do, what NWA does? This is so confusing. So if it's not a title match, they call it an exhibition match. And it's like, well, is what I'm watching, does it count? Like, why are you calling them?
2: <laughs> right, that's so weird.
1: Like, if it's prize. not a title match, it's it's labeled an exhibition match now. It's so weird. But uh, I don't know. It looks like Pretty Empowered is on the verge of a breakup based on TV. But if you can trust the booking of Pat Kenny, it the- looks like they're going to break up. So I don't know. Mm. I think the hex stinks. I, th- I think
2: uh, they're not um, great. Uh, I, 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 Hey, look, I didn't say anything about the hex. I said, pretty empowered. I liked last, <laughs> last time. Right. I said nothing yeah, about fair. the hex. Uh, if you, I said nothing about the hex. All right. Uh, Camille or, or Ty Valkyrie, the winner of the main event from night one, facing the Burke invitational gauntlet winner. I have no idea where right. that's going to go. That, yeah. And I don't care. Uh, there's a tag team battle Royal for the NWA United States tag team titles. I can't po- – do you want me to name all these names?
1: I'll so, just say these tag well, – te- how
2: about I say these tag team names? And you can see how many of these tag team names people actually I'll give actually you a,
1: yeah, a short little thought on each one. Okay.
2: Gold Rush, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, that's
1: right. Jordan Clearwater and Marche Rocket. yeah.
2: Uh, the Miserably Faithful.
1: Yeah, we talked about them earlier. Yeah, Sal, Sal the Pal, the Pal and, gags the, and
2: gags the Gimp. Yep, Sal the Pal, yeah. Gags the Gimp. The Now –
1: Mm, yeah Hale collins and vic delicious of course
2: <laughs> of course is that Delicious? oh i see okay i was like i don't know how to pronounce yeah. that vic delicious there you go uh the delicious. ill-begotten we talked about them before yeah rough and ready will also be there
1: yeah devon graves and Deonte. yeah
2: the fixers who i actually love the fixers jay hey. bradley got all big and fat wrecking yep. ball Ligursky is a great name he's all big and fat these guys fucking rock i love the fixers
1: and they fuck dudes up on on TV. I don't mind them.
2: No, yeah, that was so. Last time we were previewing an NWA show, uh, Aaron Quinn was filling in for you. You were on one of your many uh, vacations, and uh, and you know she, she was laughing about the fixers, and I'm like, no, look at them. And then I got a DM like two hours later, and I I was like, Aaron, I promise you are gonna love the fixers. And she's like, all right, I'll yeah. check them out. And then two hours later, she's like, yeah, that's the Fixers. Yeah. <laughs> they are so. If you love like disorderly conduct or like roadblock yeah. or like it's no, those yeah. it's like 1996 ww saturday night jobber dudes and they rock they really like so much yeah hawk airy <laughs> luke hawks and pj hawks yeah the country gentleman right team ambition
1: yeah mike Atwell and camaro jackson those are uh um I believe those are Davy Richards. Yeah, Davey
2: Richards guys. So those guys, I'm interested to see those guys because Davey Richards, those guys are machines. Yeah. I fucking love the guys, Davey Richards. Trans. Right. They're awesome. Yeah. And then the Spectaculars, Brady, Pierce, and Rush Freeman.
1: Rich, I'm about to tell you more about the Spectaculars than you ever want. Oh, to Oh, my know.
2: God. Well, I know that they are accompanied by Rolando Freeman, so tell me all about this.
1: So um, two weeks ago on TV, Jeremiah Plunkett fired – Rush Freeman from the ill begotten and replaced Uh him with Brady Pierce. So Brady Pierce comes out and Plunkett's laughing and rubbing his hands together, looking at his new, you know, this new specimen that he's added to the ill begotten. Right. And Pierce says, you know what, Jeremiah Plunkett? I don't like the way you're treating Rush Freeman. I don't want to be part of a group that just tosses guys aside into the trash like this. Oh, so I'm not joining the old begotten. And then Rush Freeman said, you know, Brady, I like the way you roll.
2: I like the cut of your chips. Yeah, so.
1: basically. He's like, and you're a good-looking guy. And Brady says, you know what, Rush? You're a good-looking guy. And then Rush is like, do you drink? And Brady's like, yeah. He's like, what's your favorite beer? He's like, I like Dos Equis. He's like, let's go out for a couple beers. And then they gave him a high five. And they started a little bromance. Oh, I like right? it. Yeah, that's cool. So so they, they tossed Plunkett aside. They said the ill begotten. The hell with that. And now, to top it all off, not only did these guys start like a little bromance, right? They're doing a fantastics gimmick.
2: Oh. Oh, they okay. They've okay. got
1: little they've got little bow ties and oh,
2: suspenders. Oh, I am in. Hold on a minute.
1: Hence the name.
2: The Spectaculars. The
1: Spectaculars.
2: All right, I'm in.
1: They're they're like a New Age Fabulous Ones slash Fantastics. Did I sell you on it?
2: You sold me way on it. Hell yeah, let's go.
1: I want them to win this Tag Team Battle Royal for the vacant NWA United States Tag Team Championships. And I want them to join the long lineage of United States Tag Team Champions like Dick Slater and the Barbarian. I need them... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to win this battle royal
2: brian pillman and the z-man right they were they they won him at some point
1: so so that's who i'm pulling for here because you know i love me a tag team in the lineage of the fabulous ones and the fantastic
2: absolutely absolutely yeah okay. <laughs> that, that title's so great are they the last are, are slater and barbarian the last guys to ever win that title because it went away not that long after right
1: yes that's the whole bit that i always do
2: dick slater and the barbarian the final ones that's incredible yeah didn't we we talked about the the title? I, what is there's a there's a Ron Simmons team and I forget who he teams with, but it's the most random person.
1: Ron Simmons, the U.S. Tag yes,
2: of? oh, we talked about it when we did because we've done this bit before. I, I don't think Ron I gotta look t- it up. I gotta look it up. Yes, yeah. January fourteenth, nineteen ninety two, WCW main event, Sir uh-huh. Ron yeah. Simmons. And Big Josh defeated the Young ah, Pistols to win the yeah. WCW United States tag team titles. Unfortunately, the reign was over in 34 days when they succumbed to Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine. So, yeah.
1: Yes, that is the best era of those titles. <laughs> yeah. Just these these random teams and the titles would change on like the sea shows. <laughs> right. It, is, it was, you know, it was phenomenal. Slater and, later and in then, the Barbarian. Dick Slater and the Barbarian, incredible! Now the best thing would be for Brady Pierce and Rush Freeman to come down to the ring to Sharp Dressed Man.
2: Yes, they should. Pay for that, Billy. You got the money. He might own it. He With might the- already own it. Honestly,
1: play his own version.
2: Okay. <laughs> Dude, the Smashing Pumpkins version of Smart Sharp yeah. Dressed Man. I think up- that Just- would not be as good. I feel like that one would not be. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't hit the same notes. I mean, I might enjoy it because yeah.
1: give give g- gave James Eha and Darcy a call. And Jimmy Chamberlain, get the band back together and say, listen, we have to re-record Sharp Dress Man for the Spectaculars. <laughs> I know all of you hate my guts, but you have to come we back. We have to do
2: this. We got to come together for this.
1: Correct. So record Sharp dress Man, Sh- Sharp Dressed Man for, for the Spectaculars. And they win the Battle Royal. But then Dick Slater and the Barbarian rush the ring and beat the living shit out of the two pretty boys. Like that's the kind of shit that I would book. The one problem with that is Dick Slater's <laughs> I was going to say, Dick Slater's
2: a tough booking these days.
1: So. Yeah, that's the problem. The Barbarian will do it. Yeah, you can get Barb. Yeah, you can get Barb for sure. he will show say something. Yeah. Bob Arion will <laughs> He'll, do ta-
2: it. He'll take the payday okay? for sure, yeah.
1: The trick here is to get a suitable replacement for Dick Slater. I don't know where you're turning for that. But um, it's a shame. But that I would like to see. But uh, due to the death of Dick Slater, I don't think that's happening. So, yeah. Uh, now, to, to to be if I could be if I could pull a Lance Storm and be serious for a minute, <laughs> yes, Rich Grage, um, we discussed a couple weeks ago why the Empower Show undoubtedly lost money, right? Right, because they bu- they booked twenty four, I think it was, <laughs> additional names that you have to fly in, pay to work, put in a hotel, and that basically sucks all the profit out of the thirty five hundred buys that the paper. You know, we went over it a couple weeks ago. So I understand the economics of not doing Empower again, just based on that alone. You don't have enough women on the roster to do a full pay-per-view or whatnot. We, we get it. But why are you booking <laughs> 75 tag teams in this tag team battle royal? You know, seven or eight. How many women are in that Burke match?
2: Oh, God, One, it was two, uh... three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
1: nine. There's 10 women in the Burke match plus baby doll. As accompanying Samantha Starr, who I think is her daughter, uh, to the ring. So there's 11 additional people you're booking for that Burke match. You're booking like 15 tag teams in this. Why are you paying all of these people?
2: Well, and then also <laughs> to add things, uh, you're booking all these people when you're doing a show in St. Louis, which. There's a reason a lot of people don't run St. Louis. It's expensive to run in St. Louis. You have to provide, you have to get a ton of commission fees. You have to provide insurance. You got to provide a lot of different things. So if you're going to book ten thousand people, uh, St. Louis probably not the best place to do that. But yeah, um, those have to
1: be licensed in Missouri. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So all these people have to be licensed. There's a reason St. Louis anarchy runs in another state. They
2: run in Illinois. Yeah, that's why most yeah. St. Louis promotions run over the river in Illinois.
1: Right. So. But, but again, you know, I can't defend Billy for cutting in power because of all the added cost when he's going to book like this. You, look at all these extra pe- – he might as well have just done in power again. <laughs> if, if you, you just want to lose
2: money. People. If your goal is to lose as much money as possible, yeah, you could have just done that. Got some backpats under- back for it at least. So.
1: Now look, I understand that the now isn't commanding gigantic paydays. I get it. But the point remains – Why not just have a nice little tag team match to determine the next United States tag team champions? Why do we have to have 15 teams involved? It doesn't make any sense. Pick the team that you want to win the titles and give them an opponent. What are we doing here? (laughs) This is so totally unnecessary.
2: Joe, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think these shows are turning a profit. I'm just going to say it now. So we'll see.
1: No, I mean, they're not going to do any buys. (laughs) And they haven't sold any tickets. At least the shows last year had full houses.
2: I think if Billy promises the Smashing Pumpkins, the and you want the original, you want all the OG Smashing Pumpkins, right? Not the new. You want, I gave you the band. Yeah, you want the, the Smashing Pumpkins. To, if they announce that they are coming back together for one night only to play Sharp Dressed Man by CC C. Top, I think you yeah. can sell some. I think then you're going to get some buys. Then and only yeah. then. You're gonna get some buys.
1: I want to make sure all those people are alive. First of all, I know Jimmy Chamberlain had some issues.
2: I think he. Uh, I want to say that dude's sure back alive. with them. No, they're, Eha, they're...
1: I think Eha's back
2: because they're doing a. They're doing a. Uh, they're doing some sort of tour. I think
1: somebody came back to the band. All right, so. Oh, Eha and Chamberlain are back. It looks like Darcy's still out. Oh, well. Um. Somebody named Jeff Schroeder is in the band now, in place of uh, Darcy. I'm not familiar with him. I'm not familiar with Schroeder, but uh, yeah, I don't even know what other band there's. Like, oh, he looks like he's a. At one point, he replaced Eha. Now he's replacing Darcy, so he's been in and out of the band. Okay, what's this guy doing in the meantime? He just sits home and waits (laughs) around,
2: waiting for the at Billy call to come. (laughs)
1: Yeah, who dropped out now, Billy? <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Come in. I'm back.
2: He knows all the songs. He's ready to go. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. I uh, You know. But that's the. Uh, and then of course Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus, which we already discussed. Where Tyrus is now the babyface. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, way good though. Fucking
2: good horrendous. Though. Good, God. good God. <laughs> good God. Voice slash fight. <laughs> 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 by the way, uh, you want to order those? Watch shows. these.
1: Phenomenal make shows. Sure, sure. So the NWA United States Tag Team Titles will now be the eighth championship that this company oh. has circulating. Plus, you know, you got the MLW title being defended on this show. That makes nine. Um. Yeah, I mean, the, a roster of this size does not need eight titles.
2: <laughs> of this talent. There's a lot of not good people. Holding titles in this company. They
1: Clearly. have so many titles that on TV it's either title match or exhibition Or exhibition,
2: match. yeah. The match. <laughs> this, the, the non title matches are so irrelevant that they're exhibitions. Oh, my God. Oh, God. All right. Let's get to uh, – yeah, this is not a two-hour flagship, by the way. It looks like it's going to be a three-hour one. Told you're you. You were right. right. Uh, RevPro, 10-year anniversary weekend, uh, August 20th, August 21st. Uh, use the new RevPro service. I love when you go to their website and you go to On Demand and a drop-down menu comes with new service, old service. <laughs> it's like, well, can I choose the old service? Not really, no. You have to choose the new service. Okay, I'll do the new service then.
1: Yeah, they uh, really need, just need to axe the old service. <laughs>
2: why is the other one there? It, it's just.
1: I can understand an overlapping transition period to get people to move over to the new one. But aren't we well past the point where everybody should know that there's a new service I, now? I would
2: think so. Yeah, because when they said new service and old service, I was like, well, I mean, I'll do the old service if you're going to let me. I, have, I already know everything about that one. And then it's like, you can't access this. And I was like, oh, well, then I don't know why I was See, giving an option. Can get in, <laughs>
1: like, they don't, I don't think they put the new shows on the old service is what the deal is. Yeah, yeah. So, so all the old
2: stuff is on the old service and all the new shows are on the new service, I guess. Which...
1: So the last show on the old service is Live in London 63 with the Will Ospreay Mad Kurt. Main event. Okay. Um, which actually is a more recent show than I thought. That was in July. But um, I guess there's still people paying for the old service, so they don't want to. Why don't they just take the. Well, people is the
2: archive, your... is the old archive on the new service? I guess would be a question, but it seems like all too much work.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So the RevPro shows are, but the old service has all those other promotions.
2: Oh, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right.
1: So I guess they figure people might be paying for access to you know uh, OTT and Southside and I think there's AAW shows even mm-hmm. on there and on the pivot share version of the cuz they got they've gotten away from pivot share with the new version. Um so I don't know, I guess that's why they're keeping that alive, but the thing is people subscribe to things and forget that they're subscribed to them. Right? And it's like I don't know how many people are. St- how many people could possibly be subscribed to the old RevPro pivot <laughs> chair, who are like, no, I have to keep this because I need my, you know.
2: Yeah, what uh, if I want to watch Southside Wrestling? I need to. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like I want to watch
2: the April twenty nineteen AAW show, so I need this.
1: So just shut it down and f- stop charging those people. Like, what are we doing? Because it's just confusing when you try to. Like, oh, which one is it? I always pick the wrong one. Then it's like, yeah, it's a disaster. And then, I don't know. Anyway, so they have a new service yep. at the point.
2: I was able to get going. You were uh, eventually able to get going on it. But Hold uh, on a
1: second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Rich says I was able to get going. Yeah, on my account. Uh, well, you know, hey.
2: <laughs> hey, what's your Dragon Gate account there, pal?
1: You tried to slide that in there. Hey, what
2: what uh, what's, uh, what email address do you use to sign into your Dragon Gate account there, buddy?
1: Not Rich Crage at Gmail, I can tell you that. <laughs> you think I'm using your Dragon Gate account? Yeah, you are. No, I'm not.
2: The hell you are.
1: I'm, I swear to God I am not using your Dragon Gate account. Oh, you know fine. how I know? I'm using Case Lowe's Dragon okay. Gate account. <laughs> well, you have access to mine, okay. too. So. Well, <laughs> so So don't you dare accuse <laughs>
2: yeah. me. I'm sorry. I apologize. So uh, <laughs> That's incredible. All right, let's. see. Uh, Chase
1: Rose password saved in my Google, not yours? <laughs> right. Okay, well then, there
2: we go. That's good to know. Good to know. These
1: accusations.
2: Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, uh, Repro Ten Anniversary Show. Uh, two nights here. Uh, some big time matches on both big main events for both Will Osprey, obviously in the main event of uh, Night One against uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, uh, as well as the main event of Night Two, Ricky Knight Jr. Uh, he, he faced for the undisputed uh, British heavyweight title, Will Ospreay defending the title uh, against Ricky Knight Jr. How do you want to cover these shows? Because I don't know that we necessarily need to go match by match. I guess we can. There's not a ton of matches on these, but I'll say that I wasn't blown away by these shows. There was some stuff that I liked on both shows, but I thought pretty much every match went way longer than it needed to go uh, on, on both nights. And I really liked Ricky Knight Jr., Will Osprey. I didn't love Will Osprey versus Mike Bailey so I don't have I don't know if I have a ton to talk about but maybe I should ask you do you have a ton to talk about with these shows do you want to go match by match how do you want to cover uh the rep 10th anniversary shows
1: I could speed run through the undercards like that episode of night court with Dan Felding where they're trying to break the record for number of cases in a day and and uh he helps them get in right under the wire did you see that classic episode uh, I did of night- not
2: see that classic episode of night court unfortunately I apologize um,
1: so. yeah uh Connor Mills defeats Tony Deppen. Tony Deppen has wrestled Jordan Oliver many times, and now he gets a chance to wrestle the British Jordan Oliver. He takes, uh, <laughs> yes, Connor Mills. He yeah, he's
2: well familiar with them. <laughs> yeah, they had a seventeen minute match that did not need to be seventeen minutes. That was the theme of of, of Tony Deppen's weekend. I like Tony Deppen. I think Tony Deppen's got skills. I don't need to see Tony Deppen in like seventeen and eighteen minute matches, especially not with well, Connor Mills. What, yeah.
1: yeah. Look, Connor Mills is what he is. He works. I feel like he wrestles 19 times on every Rev Pro show, too.
2: <laughs> they have, yeah, he definitely he wrestled yeah. twice on this night. So, And then a third uh, time on the night, too. So,
1: Yeah, so uh, Deppin did the J-O-B for the local guy in this one. And uh, next up was the Southside women's title, number one contender. Why do we still have a Southside women's title? I don't know. Why does that exist? The promotion doesn't exist. We've merged all of their other titles into Repro, but we still have a Southside Women's title. I don't understand. And that. And people are so. still
2: supposed to be happy to win this title that doesn't mean anything. For a promotion that doesn't
1: yeah. exist. Yeah. So Chantel Jordan defeats Maya Matthews. Uh, we had uh, Luke Jacobs the undisputed British cruiserweight champion. Have they had this man step on a calibrated <laughs> scale?
2: <laughs> that is my note. Is he, this I, title? I, not, yeah. I, he is not a cruiserweight. Like, no by offense, any standard. By any standard, my man is not a cruiserweight. First off, he's like six foot one. So just by that very nature, he's probably, you know, and he's a, a portly fella. So like, I, I, yeah, there's, there's some tomfoolery afoot here. Cause that man is not a cruiserweight by any measure.
1: Uh, he is rocking the Walter for the yes. old school. Walter. Yeah. Physique. He
2: is maybe two thirty, right? Like he's gotta be in that range.
1: Right. And like, I am enjoying the hell out of his work. Yeah,
2: no, he's been good. He's just not a – like, the match started, and they're like, this is for the cruiserweight title. A like, cruiserweight? This guy? Like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, no way.
2: Yeah, not a chance that my man Luke Jacobs is a cruiserweight, but
1: uh... – But uh, I, I want to talk more about his match with uh... – I mean, I like the Francisco Akira match, but I want to talk more about the Deppin match on night two. Yeah, I yeah, thought same ja- with me. I thought Jacobs had a really great weekend. The problem is there's no fucking way he's a cruiserweight. <laughs> um, strap match. Ugh. Shota Minu. defeat Yota Suji. So
2: bad. I like that my man Shota, he's got abs now. He, he clearly got whipped into shape. Oh, he's in shape. He, he is, is in, in shape. shape. Somebody somebody scared the shit out of him, and he got himself in shape. But, God, this was bad.
1: This was so they, bad. Look, listen, it's a learning excursion. And they're doing. They're getting ready. They're getting king of pro wrestling practice. Is what they're doing uh-huh. with the strap match here. Yeah. Um, it's been an ongoing story, and uh, Shota, the babyface, comes out ahead here, and he is in great shape now and doing great work, though. To be fair, um, Aussie Open defended their new their newly won New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team titles. Those were the title belts they were wearing on on uh, Dynamite, yep. which I don't think the commentary told anyone about uh, last night and they defeat destination everywhere, Connor mills and Michael Oku. And again, Connor mills wrestles 19 times on, on all these shows, but, um, there would be more to talk about with destination yes, everywhere. Yes. Let's talk about on the next show. There. So, yeah. uh, and then the main event, will Ospreay versus Mike Bailey, two of the leading contenders for wrestler of the year. Um, I thought this was good, but I don't think it was great. Yeah, What'd that's where
2: I'm at. at? I, I, like, I, when I said I didn't love it, it's like, it's good. You know, there was a lot of stuff that I liked in this match, but I I went in. It was like, drop everything, focus 100%, put the phone away. These are two of the best in the world going at it uh, in the main event of the show with a molten hot crowd, and it was fine. It was okay, and it was like, you know, then I was like, ah, oh, maybe Will's just starting to get a little tired, but then, no, then on night two, I think he had a tremendous match, and then on fucking Dynamite, he was incredible, so... I don't know. These guys just didn't – it didn't – and we're saying this all for, like, a match that was still pretty good. Like, it was still pretty solid. Uh, and it seems like a lot of people did love this, but I don't know. I just I, – I, I think both guys have had so many better matches this year uh, that I couldn't help but be a little disappointed by it. And I, couldn't put yeah, my, I, mean, I couldn't put my finger on what I didn't love about it. It's just – I don't know.
1: I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. Um, you know, they, it was a leg – they both sold the leg. Uh, you know, so they told a story for sure. Um, I just think it had maybe because it had such incredible expectations with the people involved that it, you know, it wasn't like some, it didn't even come close to being like a match of the year contender level match. And with those two guys are just shitting those out left and right with minimal effort. So it was funny that against each other, they didn't do that, but it was still a really good match. So Osprey wins because of course he has Ricky Knight jr. The next night, night two. Uh Brendan White and Danny Jones defeat Destination Everywhere because Destination Everywhere did the split, and yeah, Connor Mills. I
2: kinda liked how they did this. This is kind of cool. So Connor Mills tags in and he looks like he's about to hit one of the guys and he just turns around and he decks Michael Oku. He, he, he hits yeah. him with a big kick and looks at the crowd and goes like, Oh, did I do that? Oh, I did that. And then I yeah. love this. So he, he put Oku's like laid out like dead on the on the apron, and Connor Mills goes in, uses his hand to tag him. Rolls them into the ring and then goes, Peace, I'm out. (laughs) I kind of like that. I like instead of just like having him cost the match, he was like, I don't want to just cost the match. I want you to get your ass kicked. I want you to just get destroyed in there. And the greedy souls obliged. And they beat the hell out of Michael Oka for a couple minutes. And then that was it. So that's the Yeah, they put him
1: away. They're they're cheering. They're like, Yeah, you know, we got a big win here. Even though the other guy, like, you know, and it was kind
2: of done interesting. I think it was Francesco was on commentary for this show, right? It was he, the guy. I think it was. I well, forget Mad who was on the commentary Kurt, for the... Mad Kurt was on night one. He wasn't on night two, I don't think.
1: Right. Mad Kurt was night one. And I was trying to figure out who night two th- was. Was think it I it Akira? was
2: Francesco. I think it was Francesco. Yeah, but... Right. Uh, but, you know, so um, Andy is like, oh, unbelievable, the Greedy Souls. And then uh, Francesco, whoever was doing it, was like, hey, look, they just took advantage of the opportunity. Like, yeah. they had nothing to do with the guy getting turned on. Michael Oku, a dead body, was given to them, and they just went, well, all right, well, we'll win the match then. Like, what are they supposed to do? So I liked I liked that bit of, like, you know, Jesse Ventura logic out of the uh, uh, Francesco or whoever it was that said, like, hey, look, the Greedy Souls did had nothing to do with this. They didn't do anything. They just got an opportunity to pin Michael Oku, so of course they're going to yeah. take
1: it. Yeah, and, yeah. Brendan White, like pumping his fists, like yeah, big win. You know? <laughs> right,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I like that. But um, what this match made me think about watching Brendan White. I'm like, you know who I haven't seen in a while? My boy Kenneth Halfpenny. And I looked it up. My man has not wrestled in 2022. Oh
2: no! Yeah, what is Did what's, what's... Kenneth
1: Halfpenny pull like a a, a a Japanese dojo young boy move and just. Run off into the hills and disappear? Did he retire? What's going on with Kenneth hmm, Halfpenny? I, don't know. I, you know, I need to investigate. I vow to get the scoop. Please do, please do. On Kenneth Halfpenny, who hasn't wrestled since December. Rev Pro original, Kenneth Halfpenny. Uh, okay, good, so there's Rick. there's
2: a long tweet thing that he says here i, I looked at his twitter and oh, it's in no arch he posted about it
1: uh, well that there goes my investigation it yeah seems short like answer is i've been
2: injured during wrestling practice i tore my meniscus uh my da, 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 my mind was suffering i wasn't happy with where i was rehabilitation yada 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 uh it just seems like he kind of he got hurt and lost the love so
1: you know you could have just let me do my investigation. I'm sorry. Well, you would have found it. I could have anyway. put myself over as a great sleuth <laughs> by finding this Twitter thread myself. Because face it, no one else is going to look it up. <laughs> and, and you got to blow up my spot. Sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. You got to blow up my
2: spot, I mean, maybe Rich. you can find out more. I mean, that was in March. Uh, there's plenty to be learned. That was just in March. So something else could be going I'm, on.
1: Listen, I'm going to DM him. I'm getting to the bottom of this.
2: Now, what's the worst he can do? Just ignore you, right? But
1: Well, the worst he can do is what? Well, let's not do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> is give me a lecture on what journalism is? Yes,
2: and uh, not actually answer any questions
1: on the one and twos. Southside women's title match: Kanji defeats Chantel Jordan. Um, Good,
2: right. okay, I enjoyed parts of this. Again, did not need to go fifteen minutes. That—that that is the one thing with these shows. I know they wanted to do it in two different. Uh, they have two shows. On a weekend, but the problem, especially on this night two, because it's probably a lot of the same people that are on night one, the crowd started dying during these matches and didn't get up until the main event because they were like, hey, I've been, I probably was there yesterday and watched, you know, a lot of matches. I mean, this fucking strat match went like 25 minutes or something like that. Absurd length uh, for that. And then, yeah, a lot of like, Luke Jacobs and Tony Depp, which we're going to talk about in a bit, I enjoyed the match. It did not need to go 18 minutes. And then what you were just doing is the crowd was just dying on the vine here until they got Ricky Knight Jr. and Will Ospreay, and then they were into it. But, yeah, I, I would I would advise against having these two nights. I would try to get everything into one night if you can moving forward. It felt like a big ask uh, for this crowd, but regardless.
1: Hmm. I didn't make note of that. I, but I, now that I think about it, I really wasn't paying attention to the crowd that much, I guess.
2: Well, I usually um, do because, like, one of the best parts about watching, you know, British wrestling, European wrestling, is a hot crowd, and there was—it's pretty noticeable yeah. to me when they're not hot at all, and and there, there definitely was that about halfway through this uh, this this night too.
1: So, Luke Jacobs, once again, I I demand this man step on a calibrated scale, <laughs> but he once again defended this cruiserweight title against Tony Deppen. I thought this rocked. I really enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was a little better than the Akira match, but they were both very good. I thought Deppen was excellent here. Um, you know, I thought there was a very good face heel dynamic to this. And, uh, Deppin came here and worked his ass off two nights in a row. I-, I thought Luke Jacobs was one of the standouts of this set of shows. I was very impressed by him. There's no shot. He's a cruiserweight, but, um, he's a, he's a real comer. I think that he just needs to find some charisma and I think he's starting to find it. With yeah, sort of. He a- is.
2: He really new is new yeah.
1: body and working like a Haas. I think that's working for him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'm with you. I think it was, this is a, because I've always thought he had something, but never quite fully saw it all the way. But this weekend, when, 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 when we left this weekend after watching everything, he was one of the guys that was definitely like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy. Like, especially now that we're, we're going to be in a post will, you know, Rev pro that there, there are open spots or potential for people to move up the ladder and get to these places and i think luke jacobs is a guy to definitely keep your eye on uh, this year because yeah i thought he he owned the room on uh, 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 this entire weekend i thought he was the best part of both those matches and, and deppen was good on this match too but i thought jacobs was was really 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 good
1: so we yeah, had gideon gray come out and interrupt the ring announcer that's the gimmick that they do where she comes out he comes out and interrupts that ring announcer i don't know her name she's got the glasses and the dark hair and uh mad kurt comes out and then uh, they do some banter. These men are so British, I couldn't understand a word either one of them was <laughs> saying. These are extremely British men. They I are. mean, they, yeah. I, I and plus with Rev Pro's audio, I will say this. RevPro's, I thought video was much improved.
2: Yes, yes. The audio there's still a little, we, we still pop the, uh, the meters a little bit, but hey, it is.
1: Well, the, it is. the mics, the mics are a little shaky. Like the commentary sounds fine. I th- I thought their production by RevPro standards, mind you, was yeah. pretty good for these shows. Do you know what helped? This is going to sound weird. I put the motion smoothing on my TV. Okay. And it looked great. Interesting. Like it 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 really finished cuz you know I never used that. Obviously, no one ever used that no, feature.
2: It, only only weirdos use that feature.
1: But I turned it on for these shows and it was like, wow, this is like this is the best RevPro's ever looked on my uh on my TV. But uh so Matt Kurt and Gideon Gray are cutting extremely British promos on each other that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, did,
2: I couldn't understand what they were saying
1: either. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Van in, uh, in his
2: jammies. He's got he's like wearing pajamas or something. I'm like, what is yeah, going Yeah, Twitter.
1: Well, he's got the Twitter bird because the Twitter gimmick. He's got the Twitter yeah, birds right, on his right, right. That is, That's what that is. That is pajamas. Um, right. Yeah, I was like, what is going that, on?
2: You can't hear anything. It's like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so not hard that I would understand. If that. they were
2: talking in front of me, if they were literally five feet away from me saying the same having the same conversation, I wouldn't understand what the hell they were saying either. But yeah, particularly I oh, cannot, yeah. uh, cannot tell uh, in this uh, Rev Pro.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, mate. <laughs> right I, don't, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Okay, talking about birds and fucking. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, Mad Kurt says he's got the. Uh, I guess I, I'm going to assume he said he has a special surprise for Gideon Gray and uh, Party Hard by Andrew W.K. Hits. So, we all know what that means. It's of Eddie course. Dennis.
2: Eddie, my guy, I was just talking about Eddie Dennis last week. Yeah.
1: So he's back out with his fucking original fucking uh, UK indie, his indie music, and um, you know we asked the question last week. We weren't sure, but the the um, there is no they, they when they cut the NXT UK guys, they're free to work indies immediately. That's yeah. the story. So I think Meltzer reported that, and Rev Pro took advantage immediately by uh, by bringing in Eddie Dennis, who then had an impromptu match. With Gideon Gray, and of course, beat him. Gideon Gray, listen, I this man was ambushed. He wasn't in proper wrestling attire. I think we have to cut him a break here. All right, so he's out there wrestling in like skin tight jeans. Uh, you can't yeah, expect. Yeah, he was not anymore.
2: ready at all. And he, and his opponent, I mean, how could he possibly know that any Dennis would have showed up? So
1: yeah, he he couldn't properly prepare for the opponent. There's a lot of problems I have with this match. Okay, so if I'm Gideon Gray, I'm asking for a rematch. Okay. But did you see he got booked for New Japan? I did.
2: The Lord Gideon Gray on New Japan. The world is going to find out what we've known for a long time. One of the great wrestling personalities, Lord Gideon Gray.
1: He earned it. I'm happy about it. Um, He is such a sleazy 80s style (laughs) man. I love it.
2: He just looks like a disgusting human. You know, he comes out and you're just like, Oh, gross.
1: Like, look at this guy.
2: (laughs) In in all the best ways possible. He's just the slimiest looking guy you've ever seen. I love him so much. He's so good.
1: Such a clip. You just look at this guy and you're like, oh, oh, gross. (laughs) I'm (laughs) crying. You're going to make it? I'm crying I, can't. I hope at no point in my life does someone ever describe <laughs> me as. Oh, look at this guy. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> the way that you just said that so casually. <laughs> He's a
2: gross-looking dude, but in a good—I mean that in a, the most endearing way possible. That's what he's going for, I think, right?
1: Oh, it's getting late.
2: Oh god! All right, yeah. I'm going through. The, I always love to go through the old tweets that, like, it was like us on Twitter, Lord Gideon Gray and Kevin Kelly, and Lord Gideon Gray and Kevin Kelly throwing pot shots at each other. Uh pretty good time. And they could come back. We could have that again. So we'll have to we'll have to let Kevin Kelly know that uh, yeah. he he owes a receipt to Lord Gideon Gray when he comes back from the town. So uh.
1: look at this guy. Oh gross. <laughs> 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 oh man. Whew. Speedball Mike Bailey defeated. <laughs> Leon Slater. I lo- this
2: match was really good. I like this <laughs> match. Did you like Leon Slater? I was impressed I by Leon him. Slater.
1: <laughs> He's got some potential. This Slater. He wears the uh, L.A. Lakers tights. Yeah, yeah. With, with the Lakers font. <laughs> are you gonna
2: make it? Or are you? Not?
1: I... Oh, Do we have gross. to stop? Because this
2: is not good anymore. <laughs>
1: you gotta listen back to that. It's I'm crying. I got stomach pains. No, this was. <laughs> This was good. I, I mean, you could tell that Bailey <laughs> it's a good match. Um, Sunshine Machine defeats the velocities. the Rev Pro tag titles. This was a doing stuff match. They did a lot of stuff. they
2: did um, a lot of stuff in this match went twenty five minutes, and they I, I liked it though. it was it was a good doing stuff match, but it was it was stuff. If you want, 25 minutes of, of guys doing shit. I mean, this was it. I I I, uh, I appreciate the effort. Uh, I'm still not all the way in on Sunshine Machine. I, I guess I now can officially say that I'm never going to be in on them because I keep waiting to like wake up and be like, yeah, Sunshine Machine rocks. Like, I just I don't know if I'm into Chuck Mambo, and that's going to always kind of hold it back because I do think 2K Cooper is great. Uh, he was good here. Uh, the velocities are always solid. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I thought this was good. Uh, not great, though. This is just a, a solid match. I mean, obviously the velocities have had much, 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 much better matches. Uh, I, I just don't know if Sunshine Machine is, is is quite there, but they they hung with them. I'll give them credit. They hung with the Velocities the entire way. It just is not easy to hang with the Velocities because they're very good.
1: Here's the problem with the Velocities. Okay, a lot of the crazy shit they do. No other team. They do a lot of shit that no one else can do or right. that no one else does. They're very creative, but and I don't want to come off like, um, like like Rip Rogers here. Because, you know, obviously people know that I'm not that guy. But some of the shit they do needs to be the finish. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. They do that one flippy-do off the top that turns into, like, a DDT. Or, oh, or like we talked
2: a, about that before. Yeah, we talked about that before. You see that it's moving, you're like, holy shit. And it's, it's like, ten minutes guy, into the match. Yeah, it's nothing. It's a complete transition spot. Yeah.
1: That, that has to be the – like, that's your finish, okay? They do so much – awesome-looking, creative shit that the, the actual finishes of their match are always like a letdown because you've seen so much more impressive shit yeah. over the course of the match. So that's where they need to improve as wrestlers. They need to, first of all, pace themselves. They do a great let's-do-some-shit match. Don't get me wrong. Of oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? But they need to pace themselves better in terms of how they space out their spots and their, 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 their shit that that they do that no one else in the world does needs to be the shit that they do at the end of the match they gotta stop doing this wild shit you know 17 minutes into a 25 minute match and then the match ends on something that's not nearly as impressive that's my main critique of them but you know this was a great this was I'm gonna tell you this was the kind of match that you would love live a little bit rough watching it on tape like, it's too long to watch it on t- – Right, It's a 25-minute right. match. But if you're in the building, these guys are doing just it, – it's a stunt show. It's, it's, it's a great doing stuff kind of match. But it's a better match in person than watching it back on, on, on VOD. Yeah. That's the kind of match this was. And TK Cooper, he's never matching the magic he had with his previous tag team with Chuck Mambo. Look, I'm not – obviously, Travis Banks – lost his career for very valid reasons, but just, you know, breaking down the wrestling, the dynamic that they had that three person group. Right. And we all know how his relationship ended and how Travis banks, you know, uh, turned out to be a jerk. and needed to be banished, you know, from wrestling. And I get all that, but TK Cooper was like, man, you know, like that guy didn't do nothing wrong out of the three. and, he really—he had so much more charisma as like that sleaze ball heel, with the sleaze ball girlfriend, whose gimmick was "I have four different STDs." Like <laughs> yeah. that was—that was perfect for yeah, him. Yeah. You know, they'd like make out in the ring, and it was like gross. Like that was perfect for him, and he's doing this babyface thing, and he's doing the best he can. I've never been a big Chuck Mambo guy, and. I mean, he's doing good work, but it's – man, I just – I feel so bad for him that he was the unfortunate victim of all those different sets of circumstances. Yeah, pl-
2: plus, because... like, a really unfortunate injury at the worst time possible. But yes. Yeah, it was, yes. it was it was all going to unravel eventually, but, yeah, that certainly did not help things either, so.
1: And then the main event, which I am so disappointed that they gave it the stipulation that Ricky Knight Jr. had to leave Rev Profi loss because it gave away the, the finish. Yeah, and this, yeah, yeah. This would have been a really dramatic match because they went for the long epic and Rev Pro can get very sports entertainmenty. in, you know, you know, Quilden loves that sports entertainment shit. He does. And it comes out in situations like this, but it's Will and Will's good at that style of match, you know, sort of the NXT black and gold style epic with the with the with the overwrought storytelling. Yeah, overwrought and all
2: that. storytelling, a couple and, left bumps. This guy can never right. wrestle again if he loses, he'll never get another opportunity or never shot. Like
1: But I wish it didn't have that stip because there would have been some more drama to this, but you're waiting around for Ricky Knight to win because you know he's not leaving Rev Pro. So um but it was great. I thought it was better I liked it better than the Mike Bailey match. Different kind of match obviously yes.
2: yeah I would say definitely liked it better than than, than the the other one. The, yeah, but I
1: enjoyed it more, and and Will put Ricky Knight over, and we knew he'd put RKJ over eventually, and he did here. And, um, you know, now RKJ, listen, we've seen him elevated from opening match guy to champion, all from the start of the pandemic in front of no fans and those little hotel shows to now.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, a two-year story culminated in, in, in this match. So those of us that have been watching Rev Pro for all that time – uh, this is great. Yeah, you felt very fulfilled. Those people that are are, are Rev Pro fans felt very, very fulfilled in, in what they got uh, out of that. And 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 yeah, I I, I you know I kind of felt the same way. I was like, wow, I saw this entire run. I saw this guy come out, and it was yeah, he was a pre-show guy, uh, just a guy on the card. Uh, and little by little, build himself up, build himself up, build himself up. And we yeah, even said during the pandemic era, like, hey, this is a guy to keep your eye on. Like they're gonna do something with this guy. And yeah, it's now what eighteen months or whatever, you know, he, he he's there and or and yeah. He, he, It's awesome.
1: Yeah. It was obvious that they picked the guy and they were going to make him a star. And they did. So these shows drew pretty well. There were a couple empty seats upstairs. You'd notice a couple empties up on the balcony. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, everything on the floor was sold. And most of the seats up top were sold. These weren't vintage shows in this building where it's like packed to the rafters when Minoru Suzuki's main eventing or something. Tomohiro Ishii. But they drew very good crowds. And uh, they they completed the Ricky the RKJ story. And, you know, and away we go. You know, look, this is a nice little indie. It it right now is my favorite indie to follow. And, uh, you know, you got to give Will Ospreay a lot of credit because, you know, he didn't have to keep working these shows. And I know he's tight with the guy that owns it. And he's probably part of the office, let's be honest. But, you know, he kept this place afloat when the rest of the scene around him just crumbled and died and mm-hmm. largely because of Will Ospreay rev pro not only survived through speaking out through the pandemic but is now the only promotion really thriving in the scene and that's largely on the back of Will Ospreay and um you know he he does deserve credit for, for credit for that and now there's you know they brought Eddie Dennis back in and um you know I'm sure they'll take a look at some of the other wrestlers that were released and and, you know, Rev Pros really, you know, they, 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 they run more shows than you think. You know, it's really the place to be in that scene right now. I mean, there's nothing else going on. You want to run, run these – you want to work these progress shows on, on fucking Peacock that nobody pays any attention to. Uh, you know, I, I suppose you could do that. Um, but, you know, it's uh, – this was the survivor. They just kept their nose down. They did their thing. They faced a lot of criticism. They ignored it. They just kept doing the work. They kept doing the right things. They didn't book any of the people they shouldn't have booked. And they came out the other end pretty much where they were when all of this shit started. And they deserve credit. They did a nice job.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I wrote a piece for uh, flagshippatreon.com about the uh, the death of NXT UK. Uh, a little bit about how RevPro was kind of the last thing standing, uh, the last company standing. Uh, Neil David did an incredible job on uh, this week's uh, Eurograps uh, Express, if you've never listened to that show. Uh, he does a solo show about the European wrestling scene. Uh, mostly British wrestling, but tries to cover all European wrestling. Tries to cover some some different regions as well that people might not check out and, and, and might not... Uh, uh, keep an eye. He does a tremendous, tremendous job with that show. And this this particular episode about NXT UK was was phenomenal because he's on the ground. He's living it. You know, he's a guy who who went to the show and saw the scene, you know, just get destroyed in front of him or whatever. But um, no, yeah, Repro deserves a lot of credit. And uh, after the show, uh, Will Ospreay uh, said, you know, that he was going to take a little bit of a break. He's going to be, you know, focusing on Japan and America for a little while. Uh, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing that, but that's essentially what you know, he was trying to say here. But I thought what was really telling about that more than anything. He said, quote, if you lost your job, then my heart goes out to you. But when you come back here, you wipe your feet at the door and you wash the dishes because this locker room are the ones who kept the lights on while you were gone. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yep. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. You and, get, uh, we're all chasing dreams and killing our scene. And, and we kept chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. Now you're all back. Cause you're this is all done, but this scene's fucking destroyed. It's all in rubble, but not us. We're fine. And yeah. it's not because of any of you assholes coming back, you know. You guys left and, and, and said, Ah, we don't really care. Fuck this, you know, we're we'll just get our money, get our thing. Yeah, I, I go into if you want to go more about the detail of just how the whole NXT UK thing started and how predatory most of it was and how people should have seen this coming from a mile away, but of course they didn't see it coming from a mile away. Uh not the way. The inevitable death of uh, NXT UK up on uh, flagshippatreon.com, $10 tier. Uh, just posted it so, we're being told,
1: so we're being told that there was a train strike, and allegedly a lot of these, that all of the tickets were sold, but London, I guess, is a lot like New York, where if you can't get the train, you're not driving there.
0: Yeah, I guess it's not okay. Right,
1: right, right. So the train strike, I think, uh, uh, kept a lot of the people who bought tickets uh, away from the show, so... I mean, it was mostly full anyway, but there were, you yeah, know, you couldn't up-
2: tell it didn't, it didn't seem like noticeable, but yeah, I guess there was a few that I, I, I could see in the upper yeah. deck or whatever. So that's not bad if, if, you know, I, I did see a lot. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because a lot of people did say, oh, there's a train strike. So watch out. That could be real bad. And I was kind of expecting, oh man, these crowds are going to be, but yeah, they were pretty solid crowds no matter what. So, yeah. Uh, So there you go. That is uh, RevPro, and that is this episode of the flagship. We'll get to the uh, the Stardom. That's not until November twentieth, so we got plenty of time to cover uh, Stardom, uh, New Japan's crossover show. But uh, that is it for the flagship. Uh, Flagshippatreon.com. You definitely want to go there. We got a lot of stuff. Uh, As we mentioned, the instant reaction live from uh, the AEW Dynamite this week. I have a new episode of my Goldberg series coming out in the next few days. I got all the notes. Just have to sit down and record it. I got that stuff. Uh, normally you're going to get the Thursday Dynamite reviews. You did not get that this week because we reviewed Dynamite on the Instant Reaction, but every single week you're going to get that. Uh, You have, as I said, the written piece, the Not The Way, as well as all the written pieces we've ever done, uh, available at the $10 tier. A lot of written stuff, uh, Match of the Week, random TV reviews, plenty of other stuff available there at FlagshipPatreon.com, so definitely want to uh, uh, get on that now. Going to be a big month as well. Uh, in September So uh, if you don't want to get it now in August With only a few days left to go September is going to be big uh, All out instant reaction And plenty, plenty of other stuff going on
1: uh, Hey yeah, if you're on that $10 tier Because you just upgraded or bought it For the instant reaction show last night For uh, Dynamite Stay on in September Because you're going to get the instant, re- the live instant reaction For all out Right. So uh, I would advise Just uh, holding on to your $10 sub because if you were interested in last night's dynamite live instant reaction, you're probably the same kind of person who's going to be interested in the all out live instant reaction. Yep. So, uh, we're going to be doing one of those. You will be rushing home, right? And then we'll. Yes, yeah,
2: I'll be, I'll be at all yeah. out. But I, I last time I was able to cut, get back in like four yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, Everybody was ready. Everybody was, No, nobody was. You know, I was worried. Oh my god, everyone's going to be annoyed. And no, everybody was fine. So.
1: Didn't no, matter. so yeah, so you may as well just hold on to those ten dollars subs for September for all out.
2: And there you go. So that's flagshippatreon.com. Voice Wrestling Podcast Network as well. Make sure you subscribe. I mentioned the Eurographs Express. Imagine you've got to be kidding me. Plenty of other stuff available. Uh, Voice Wrestling uh, uh, Podcast Network. You can find all that stuff wherever podcasts are listened to. Make sure you review, subscribe, do all the other good stuff to help us out as well. So that is it for us, for Joe. I am Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care.